Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. One. And we are recording mr jeff nyquist because what's up guys tommy from tommy's podcast do you have a podcast do you want it censored then go to youtube go to reddit go to itunes if you don't want it censored go to spotify or rumble but spotify pays me more than rumble so i'm gonna record this ad for them you can upload it trust me whether you got a crappy podcast on a on a macbook above your parents garage and it's echoing and everyone can hear the despair and desperation and every syllable you try to eke out without wanting to cry or whether your podcast starts to actually make a couple shekels and you got a cool apartment and an air conditioner that works most of the time use spotify use spotify for podcasters yeah you'll start off getting a couple pennies but i'm several years into it now and i've made i don't know i think about a thousand bucks it's better than nothing it's better than working at a liquor store with people you hate with customers you hate and a boss that hates you so join spotify for podcasters and you'll actually start making money it's worked some it's worked for me i'm really tired uh i had a you know an hour-long episode window last week and uh, I think we both felt that the podcast could have kept going much longer. I was like, let's do another one and let's actually clear the afternoon. But so just get into it. I'll put all the links to your stuff in the description. Um, but the reason for the, I guess, the jumbled start is we were just talking before we started recording about the, I was saying how I need to meditate before every podcast. And you were saying that we are suffering from a, a spiritual sickness and um, the new religion sweeping the earth and the the mantra of destruction it's we gotta we gotta tear it all down to build it better we gotta that's the beginning of every communist revolution is it's so rotten that you need it, it can't be fixed you can't take it to the workshop and put in some new lugs and bolts and a new engine you need to take a flamethrower to it which okay yeah i get the idea of like we gotta completely erase it but it's happened so many times in history and history is History is so valuable because it is the ultimate data set. It is the ultimate trial. It is a trial in which no one even knew it was a trial. It is the ultimate double-blind placebo of being able to see how billions of individual self-aware, self-preserving nodes called humans have preserved themselves over millennia, hundreds of millennia. 
if you cannot draw from that data set, there's no data set you can draw from. And to continue right where we were just talking, when, whenever the mantra starts of we just have to destroy it all to build it back, dude, no. It, no. It is, it's the addict going, I remember when I first was like getting sober after like the worst times of my life. It was great. I lost like 20 pounds in two weeks. And I was like, this is great. I could just smoke like I could smoke pot like one night a week. And I look back at it and I'm like, how dumb are you? Because like, immediately it just fell right back into the cycle. And I think that's what we're seeing now. We just see all these people like we just have to turn it over this one more time. We just have to burn down the West and then we can have. Just oh, it's the same people that are like. We need to do a nuclear strike on Russia. It's like, didn't we just do 45 years of concluding that the only, what's the famous line? Well, what if, what, what an interesting game. The only way to win is to not play. Like, and now we have people just like, like we didn't just finish a Cold War 30 years ago going, well, what if we struck them first? Do you not think they thought about that in Strategic Air Command and, 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 and Curtis LeMay and every war game? Like, we walked through it all with every ABM treaty, with Reagan and Reykjavik, with SDI. Like the only winning move is to not play. And now all of a sudden we have a bunch of people with neon hair on Twitter who have figured out what $10 trillion in four and a half decades of foreign policy couldn't figure out. We just got to strike them first. So uh, with that rather manic beginning, Mr. Nyquist, your thoughts on the flaw. Well, when you start with that. a flamethrower, sometimes it's just about the flamethrower and you're going to end with a flamethrower. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's why you have to begin with philosophy and you have to realize that the new religion is inside the mind of the people with the new religion is destruction, destruction, destruction. It's rolling through them, the idea of destruction. And they say, oh, we're going to build back better. But no, that's just a mistake. Their brain is rotted with the sugar of destruction yes and why is it sweet to them it's sweet to them because well as the political philosopher eric verglund would say they're pneumopaths they're spiritually pathological you know so why are they spiritually pathological and why do they keep winning why can't we defeat them and who are we and what are we talking about um what is the new religion well i'll begin at the beginning with ontology you have the most basic orientation that people have is, is spirit primary or matter primary? Or are they co-equal? What is spirit and what is matter? Now, what do I mean by spirit and matter and, and where people are at? You're sitting there in your chair and you can see the matter around you. You can touch all this stuff. You see the matter. You see the, the uh, you know, this is the physical world, right? Mm -hmm. But wait. What is the thing that sees? The oh, my eyeball sees. No, 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 no. no the witness. Your, your eyeball sees, your brain interprets, but what is it that sees? Your spirit, yeah. right? Yeah. This is what Plato called the metaxi, right? You're mm -hmm. the in-between. We live both in the physical and we are spiritual and we're, we're in between. We're spirit and we're physical. We're, we're, we're in between and we're in this time space. So we experience time in a linear, you know, sequential fashion that somebody sitting outside time space would just see it as an all at once, right? Mm -hmm. Like God would see it as my old metaphysics teacher in college said, you know, he would sit there going free will or determination. 
It's both. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. The, yeah. Because God is outside the universe and he sees it all as one. Um, but but aside from that, okay, so you got spirit and matter. Well, tell you about I met the uh, uh some years ago the uh or rather i can converse with him on the phone i didn't meet him in person but a, a ukrainian friend introduced me because he's ukrainian yeah victor kulish is the was the head of the soviet star wars soviet attempt to make a directed energy weapon he's a laser yeah. physicist you can find his book on uh you can find his book on um uh amazon and he's actually a Soviet general. He's there, and one of his—I think his picture on Amazon shows him in his Soviet general's uniform. Yeah, and he's a—he's a physicist from a, a, a communist party, high-level communist party family. Uh, grew up in the Soviet Union, total atheist. This is what he told me his experience was. So he's working on the math because he's a laser physics physicist and he said, "I sat in a room with pencil and paper and I did equations all day, every day for about a year. So when he got to the ultimate equation." God spoke to him audibly. This is what he told me. So he's an atheist Soviet physicist. And I said, I knew what the equation meant. And I said, well, Mr. Coolish, Dr. Coolish, what does this mean? He said, the universe is a hierarchy of mind, okay. mind, spirit. And he said, the universe, the physical universe is epiphenomenal. That it's not primary. Your mind, now this is mind-boggling because we all are kind of taught in our society to believe that the mind is just, there's a chemical thing and it's the brain. Mm. And he says, no, I, I realize the equation proved it. That these higher beings, which the ultimate one would be God, right? Mm -hmm. And the other higher beings, they manifest, they, out of the structure that they've created in their minds, they manifest the physical universe that we live in, that mm -hmm. we lesser minds okay. have chosen to live in. Okay. And he said, he said, I know it doesn't make any sense, but the equations proved it. And when I did the equation and when God spoke to him, he said, Tim, I am not going to allow you to build this weapon. And if you try, people will die. And he thought, oh my gosh, if I, I have worked too hard, you know. I'm having hallucinations. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he said, you know, I, he was in his thirties. He was probably in his mid thirties. He's, he's a little bit over 70 now. He lives in Kiev now. Um, and he said, he, he said, um, he said, so I, I went on, I worked on the project. You know, they were working on this project in the seventies, in the late seventies. He said, and all be darned people started dying in the project. And he said, then he heard the voice again. I told you people would die and then he had a heart attack and he's in his 30s and he says i don't have a heart condition and it was like and so he he realized that this spiritual even though he says well how is he going to talk about it to anybody he's a yeah. soviet person yeah. right he's a he's a marxist leninist how can he talk about this um and so he he was deeply convicted that god he says i know how to make the weapon he says, I know how to make it right now. They were even, he was telling me when I last talked to him after the Euromaidan revolution, he said, they're trying to get me to come to Moscow to still build it, right? Yeah. Because they know I know how. Um, but uh, it, you, he, God doesn't want them to have it. And he says, it's a war-winning weapon. It's a war-winning weapon. Yeah. Because the Soviets did have a, 
the Soviets did have their yeah, I know that they had some form of an SDI. It was like a it was a CO2 powered laser. There's well, a... he was working on lasers and they actually the the uh, US Air Force Intelligence there was slag from their tests from hitting missiles that fell in Scandinavia that oh, they recovered. Wow. And they said, "Oh my God, these these this is melted components. Oh God, from a rocket that fell from space that they actually hit. Okay, right? Yeah. So, so but then these are things that he describes that happened that the that the one of the top Soviet officials in the project was blown up in his car out just outside of a facility. Car bomb, boom. No idea who killed him. Why? He said some kind of maybe an internal struggle within yeah. the ministry uh the of general machine building or whichever ministry was in charge of of the project uh there was infighting over who's going to control it you know and this is when Dmitry Ustinov was the defense minister of the Soviet Union um so uh but it was it, you're not supposed to build it and you know uh very very interesting uh very interesting story. But the key to the story is this. And if you buy his book, by the way, it's brilliant. At the beginning of the book, he describes the ontology uh, that he is that he discovered. And mm -hmm. he calls it, he calls it like the God, everybody's everything in the universe is a system mm -hmm. that is ruled by a God principle. So he shows this one node that's God that that's connected to all the other nodes in the interlocking system, and he describes it as a matryoshka doll. Okay, just the doll. You know what a matryoshka doll? doll? doll Let me get my matryoshka doll. doll straight from Moscow. Please, Let me get you my matryoshka yeah. doll, and please, I will yeah. show you what a matryoshka doll how it works, and uh, a system is got things nested inside of other things, right? A system. So here we have. Lenin himself, and of course he's got Lenin. I'm putting Lenin in the next, and Lenin is inside Brezhnev. <laughs> or no, Stalin, sorry, there's Stalin uh -huh. with his pipe, right? And Stalin then goes into the neo-Stalinist Brezhnev. So I, I pop open Brev, Brezhnev's head, and I put Stalin inside of Brezhnev. Uh -huh. And see, I'm doing it the opposite way that usually you do it. Yeah. And then Brez, who's Brezhnev inside of? Khrushchev. Yeltsin. Ah, oh, damn it. And there's Yeltsin. Little Brezhnev inside of Yeltsin. Uh-huh. And this is this was made in Russia. Yeah. So there's awesome. a there's a message in here, right? That's I gotta awesome. get his head. Yeltsin's head never was screwed on right. So I'm gonna screw it on right. <laughs> and so then and then you have the big daddy of them all, the key to everything. Oh, Gorbachev. Gorbachev. Right. So you get this is Gorbachev's suit down here. So I'm going to put Yeltsin inside of Gorbachev like that and see it's a nested system. Yeah. It's describing the system of the Russian Federation. It's like okay. an allegory, but it's also you see everything's nested in everything else. Yeah. But you will notice that there is the the highest level. He said system in a system like the universe, there's there's at some point there's nothing below the smallest thing mm -hmm. and nothing above the biggest thing okay right it's a, it's a, it's it's finite okay and the things are nested within each other and he said this is how you have to understand the god system the god system is the thing that rules it the thing that contains the whole is the and it's mind remember don't think about it as material it's not yeah material reality is a epiphenomena of mind. Now that's 
absolutely mind-boggling because, look, if I hit you on the head with a hammer, right, I'm going to change your consciousness. So you think, well, that must mean that matter is primary and mind is epiphenomenal, right? You're you're touching on something. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Keep keep right. going. I'll, I'll I'll make my point after. Right. So so but but here is what what it is. You've got the people that now you have the University of Virginia UVA has done my gosh a half a century of studies of near death experiences, mm-hmm. including people who are clinically dead for more than an hour, I've who inter- can tell you everything that happened in the room. I've interviewed Dr. Evan Alexander, author uh, of Proof yes. of Evan, the, the Harvard I, neurosurgeon atheist. I've read his book. Yeah. Yes, he's, I've read his book. here like 10 times, yeah. Yeah, and um, and you see, the thing is, is that, and this is what, when you go to Parasite, you know, I got in, I got to understand some of this because when I was at the university, I used to have lunch. There was a guy, I hung out in the psychology department because the people in the political science department were so evil. Um, and, and I had lunch with this parapsychologist uh, his name was um, Schaefer's, uh, Schaefer, um, can't remember his first name now. It's been, that's four, more than 40 years ago. Um, he, he died a few years ago. I was hit on his bicycle, but um, Mark, Mark Schaefer. And he was a parapsychologist. And I, you know, we had friends in common and I saw him in the lunch area. So started having lunch with him and talking to him. And he started showing me his experiments. I actually uh, participated in one of his experiments. And uh, the the most shocking thing he told me, he said, look, I, I can't say this to anybody else. He said, but I he was one of the people that did the test on Uri Geller. Okay. Yeah. The, um, the Israeli psychic, right? The yeah. spoon bender guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, I, I, I emailed him earlier this year. He, oh, he, you emailed the, Geller? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I believe he's the one that's still alive. He, he got, oh, back yeah. He's, he's in his 70s. He lives yeah. in Israel. Said he, he was, said he was far, know. far too busy, but I did get to, he was very nice. He was like, I wish you the best in your podcast and your interest in this. But I did, I didn't get Geller, but I did get Dale Graff, the, who headed uh CIA Stargate project. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Annie, uh, what's her name? Jacobson wrote the book on that. That's a must that's, read book. That's how I found, that's how I discovered early. Yeah, early it's Geller. a must yeah. read book. Uh, and of course she writes about Geller a lot. Well, anyway, my, this friend of mine that I got to know, this parapsychologist at the university, he told me the story about Geller when he was testing Geller. So what Mark was is he started out as uh, he was in a, you know, the UCI psychology department. They had this very special guy, William Batchelder, who was there, who was, who it was math modeling of brain functions. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark designed experiments. That's what they do when you design, they have to use a lot of math and they have to use a lot of logic to try to create these experiments. So there's, they've become foolproof. So you know, like a lot of people, I had heard that Geller cheated in the experiments. Oh yeah, he mm-hmm. just cheated. He was a trickster. And I asked uh, Mark about this. Mark said, well, we had it. That's kind of a misnomer. We had a deal that if he could figure out how to break my experiment, then I wasn't making the right experiments, you know? Correct. So th- this was a kind of thing. He was helping me become a sharper, you know, person to devise the tests. And so, uh, but anyway, he had... Geller said, look, I can break and fix mechanical objects. He says, I, I don't know how I can do it. So, uh, you know, overcome by curiosity, Mark had this old pocket watch of his grandfather's. And, you know, Mark, Mark's a few years older than me. 
Uh, and I saw my grandfather's, actually my great-grandfather's pocket watch. It's a thing that would hang from a mm -hmm. chain and your three-piece suit, there's like a little pocket for it, right? And you'd pull it out by the chain and you'd look at the time. So that's, they do, don't have pocket watches. Well, maybe they do, but I don't know anyone that has one. So anyway, he had this old pocket watch and he actually opened it up. He had the little tools, he opened it up and it, the mainspring was in two pieces. It was broken. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I guess it had rusted over the years and it just broke apart. You know, it's very old. The thing is you know, probably 60 years old. Maybe it was in a damp climate. So he thought, I'll take this into Yuri and see if he can do anything. So he walks in and he says hello to Yuri and he hands him the pocket watch. He says, can you fix this? Yuri Geller held it in his hand, handed it back to him, and it was running. Mark was like, and Mark wasn't really a parapsychologist at that time. Yeah. He was just a guy who designed experiments. And I think this was at Stanford. Uh, Mark, I think he taught the first parapsychology. I think a lot of it was, yeah, I know. It was MIT. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I feel like Stanford's correct. I, re I read Phenomena earlier this year. Yeah, kind, I don't remember because they did experiments also, I think, in New Mexico. And I but I think yeah. that Mark was there anyway. Mark, uh, Mark ran back to his office practically, opened the thing up to see. And the mainspring was whole. It's like fused. And that's what decided him to become a parapsychologist until, a, until what was it, the amazing Crispin or one of these magicians played a trick on him. And basically, he was doing an experiment at a university and the guy contaminated his subjects to hoax him. Yeah. And then he just got out of it. He said, I forget about it. He, yeah. he went into a different area of psychology after that. But, 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 you know, and I, you know, Mark was a kind of guy, he wasn't going to lie to you. You know, he was honest. He was describing an experience that was life-changing for him, mind over matter. Yeah. Right? Mind over matter, mind, you know. So what does this imply? Epiphenomena. What is epiphenomenal? Matter or mind? Yeah, I can hit you on the head and I can change your consciousness, but that is a superficial level of consciousness. You are you are hitting on, and by the way, so I'm 
I keep my little side note. I keep my apartment very cool, cold and I shut my door. And sometimes it gets so cold in this room where I do the studio. I, I have a second computer that I'll turn on just so it starts to generate heat. And it's just enough to make it comfortable. So if you, I'm, I'm clicking on stuff over here. I don't want you to think I'm, I'm not paying attention. No, that's all up. right. I don't yeah. up and going. Um, no, one thing that you're touching on is very, um, is very like near to me. And it's because, um, with with epiphenomenon matter and mind so i was just telling you august 2010s when i really started meditating every i toyed with it in 2008 2009 because to me i was just like well i live you know i have i have strict conservative catholic parents and it's hard for me to smoke weed so i was like instead i just meditate and i could you know oh wow i could think about the universe and it was kind of intoxicating 2010 is august 2010 is when i started to like have bad anxiety and i really needed to do it to sort of bring it down but that actually led me down a road I never would have imagined it would bring me down. Then I started using it like a like a Western capitalist. I started using it like a tool. I was like, wait, you know, if I study for 90 minutes, I start to get a little loopy. Whereas most people be like, OK, I got to close the book now. I'd be like, if I meditate for 10 minutes, I get clear again and then I can study. So instead of going down the path of inner bliss, I was like, I can use this to be successful. And like, so I used it. So I'd study for 90 minutes, meditate for 10 or 20, study for 90. And I would do that for 12, 13 hours a day for three straight years. And that's how I got in medical school. But then it took me down this, this path of, of getting really into, and then you'd start to, I was playing with fire and I didn't realize it. I mean, that in the best possible way is every once in a while, maybe every hundred meditations, 200 meditations, you'd kind of something would happen. And I was a, you know, at the time I was, I was an atheist. I'd gone to Catholic school. So I guess that was my form of rebellion and, you know, became very straight laced, stopped drinking, stopped smoking weed. I'd maybe go out to the bar in the last day of the semester, but I was very straight laced. And all I was doing was studying organic chemistry, chemistry, molecular biology, physics, microbiology. I, I hated calculus, but everything else I loved. But every once in a while, you have this experience that was undeniably something else and not like, oh, I closed my eyes and saw color. I mean, something changed and you'd come out of it and it was it was clarity beyond description. And so that would always kind of sit there it was something you couldn't really put away. You'd put it back on the shelf and, you know, go about your milling around studying. But it would always be sitting like what? was that where I feel like I dropped out of space time and saw the universe, but you know, and then you'd be a good little, you know, Puritan Catholic from new England and keep, keep going back to work. You know, I'm, I'm a sinful creature or whatever and keep studying. And then as that went on, uh, and I started uh, volunteering at hospitals, good, not, not out of altruism because I looked good on my, my medical school uh, application. And then you have to shadow doctors and, I had a friend and it was just by happenstance that he was like, you go to the anesthesia department, like they're the coolest. And it was like, so all the anesthesia techs, it was like, they're really relaxed and everything instead of being uptight. And you got to put on like the gown and the shoes and the mask and actually go into the OR. And they were all just cool as shit and like just cracking jokes. And it made the time go by faster. You know, the first time's novel, but after the fifth straight Friday, it's boring. They made it fun. They were just, it was always hilarious. And, um, but so what I'd always do is I'd go in and I'd see, I'd, because I was with the anesthesia department, I would go in and you'd go in as they were kind of waking the person up from surgery. 
and then you'd, you you know you'd wipe everything down disinfect it take out all the wires the magnets all the ekg whatever and you'd help bring in i don't even know if i should have been allowed to do this you'd help bring in vials of like propofol morphine and like the paralytic looking back on it it was probably illegal that i was allowed to handle those at 20 but like regardless yeah i, I won't say what trustful it is but like you go in and do this and so what that really started to catch my mind though was is like you'd see these people coming out of anesthesia like what in god's name was anesthesia so like every once in a while you know and as the meditation went on i'd do my own little test where i would like meditate and then i would sit down and i'd write like one paragraph on a word document or something like just what is what is my perception of reality and i'd be like here i am sitting in athens georgia it's september the sun's hitting the blah 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 this is how i feel thinking about x y and z blah and then i would like just down a beer like one beer then I'd wait five minutes and I'd write and how it changed. You know, there's the obvious ones like, Ooh, I feel warm, but it was also like, you know, it is kind of weird looking at the same cloud formations that cavemen were looking at just a little thing. And then maybe next week I would try it with a caffeine pill or I would try it with uh, you know, like one hit of weed or whatever. And that always started to interest me because I would think about placebo effects and I'd be like, well, what is, what is real? So like, I would take like a caffeine pill before I started studying. And at night I would take a melatonin. And I remember one day towards the end of my studying, I went to reach for the melatonin and realized the caffeine pill was there. And I had taken the melatonin that morning when I started studying, but I had felt the kick of caffeine. And I was, that was a weird, that was a wrench in the system. That was like true, like the Truman show hitting the wall where I was like, okay, hold on. Well, then it started to get me because I was like, well, what is anesthesia? So now we see placebo effects. And then there's right your own belief. The person that believes in God and believes that if they pray that God will help, those people do clinically heal faster. That's right. The people that don't, don't. But what anesthesia, what always got me about anesthesia was that it didn't require belief. The mask went on you. And whether you're a Buddhist, a Muslim, a Catholic, an atheist, when that propofol hit, count back from 100, 99, you're done. And that always, and that drove me farther down atheism because I was like, what is this? What, where right. does matter react with mind? And that's why I got really into anesthesiology. And instead of going out and drinking on Saturdays, I would take the day off and I would read the psychopharmacology textbook, which they canceled at UGA because the professor, ironically enough, was like arrested for like synthesizing drugs, which what do you expect? But like, which I was always disappointed, but I wanted to take it. But the neuropsychopharmacology book, and I re got really into that. And that's actually what I started writing about for my medical school personal statement what was what was my interest? Yeah, I could do the whole generic. Well, I just would like to help people. And that was true. But I was like, there's like an intellectual curiosity. And as I went further into it, I began thinking, I was like, well, where is the thing? What creates? And I started getting into the easy and the hard question of consciousness the easy question is like, how do we get to the moon? Like, it'll take a lot of investment, but like we could build a rocket. The hard question of consciousness is not like, you know, protein folding simulations and models. It was like, what is it? Where does the alchemy happen where a protein where caffeine is adenosine binding to an adenosine receptor? What is the experience of wakefulness, the morning coffee? And that really started to just like mess with me. I was like, what is it? And so I was going into like meditation one day and I was really trying to think like, like what, what is, what is it all? 
and I was trying to like write a thesis about like what is reality. And so, yeah, the Matryoshka doll, Matryoshka doll. And so one thing inside of the other. Is this a reality or, or is, is this that... a reality? So exactly. or is this a reality? Yeah. Right? So what I finally got down to was um, it is kind of funny that. So I, I was it was spring break 2013. All my friends were on a cruise, but I was studying for the MCAT and I decided to t take a break from the MCAT and very unlike me one day. Uh, just uh, I smoked some pot in the morning and took a day off, which was unlike me at all. But I meditated and I thought, what can I boil down? So I'm finishing up studying for the MCAT. I'm finishing up my biology degree. And so I've kind of taken all these things. So you start to have this overarching picture of physics, chemistry, biology, and from, you know, how the nuclear forces interact up to the, the subatomic particles, to the molecule, to the atoms, to the molecules, to the proteins, to the cells, to the cell system, to the tissues, to the organs, to the organ systems. And then you start, you know, and then you take sociology and anthropology and you're like, how do, how do multiple systems of humans, which themselves are systems of systems, interact? And then you take history and it's like, how do they interact over time? And then you even throw in astronomy and then you start to see. So you're finally getting to this point where like everything's starting to click towards the end of your degree. And I was like, well, what's, what, what's the one thing I can deduce from all of these? If I had to boil it all down, well, it's pretty simple. And it's for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? Astronomy or chemistry or biology or even history, you can kind of deduce that as like, that's pretty much the scientific guaranteed. That's your bread and butter. It's your meat and potatoes. What go, or you could say what goes around comes around. What goes up, what was, what goes up, what, uh, what goes up must come down. But well, also taken religions of the world, and you know, studied all the different religions. What's kind of the one thing? Every, you know, what's the one thing they all have in common? With the flood story? No, 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 no. More in common than even that. Do unto others as you'd like to have done to yourself, or you know, God will punish you. Or you can word it however you want. And I was like, well, what are these? So what have I broken reality down to through meditation, through shadowing doctors, watching anesthesiology? That there is a, and mind you, very deep in a meditation, several points, several years at this point. There is an I, and then there's everything else that's happening, and not the whole, and as a biology major, yeah, well, my eyeballs see, no, 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 that's chemical, and it's turning into electricity, which is, so there's it all, there's matter obeying physical laws, being pushed by energy, technically energy is matter, and vice versa. And then there's the witness. And mind you, I'm still very atheistic at this point. But I could divide all of everything into what is observed reality and all of its laws and the observer. And then I could take the two most boiled down laws. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And that applies to all the matter from germs and bacteria to camels and antelopes to stars exploding. And then there's the consciousness from Buddhism to Islam to Zoroasterism or whatever. From your sister provoking you when you're a kid and you reacting. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, and then that kind of means there's less of a bifurcation. If they're all obeying the same law of what goes around, comes around, one is consciousness, the other is just the cold, dead matter. Well, then is there much of a bifurcation at all? 
Because if I can say that astronomy is the same as calculus, the same as microbiology, because for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And thus I dissolve all the boundaries between different science courses. And then I dissolve all the boundaries between Buddhism, Islam, Catholicism. Well, then why can't we take that logic one step further and say, if everything is, you push it and it moves, then it all is one. So then what's the only thing I could know for certain? That you're conscious. It, mind that i am yeah. and therefore i had to throw out matter as just a manifestation of mind and oddly enough that absurd thesis when i interviewed at the university of southern california keck school of medicine it was all harvard and yale kids around me and then it was me going hey, go dogs from uga mm. and i remember asking the dean i was she was like all right I'll, you know after the interview you know mcat score is good blah 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 and i remember asking her, i was like off the record she was like sure i was like why am i here I was like, let's be honest. These are all Ivy League. I was like, why am I here from the University of Georgia? Frat boy. And I remember she goes, she goes, your personal statement was the most, uh, was the most interesting personal statement I've ever read in my like 35 years at the school. I was like, that's awesome. Now, granted, my rejection letter beat me home before my flight did, but I did get, I did get an interview there. So people do think about this. So I know I had to just go on that whole rant, but that is, what I eventually concluded. And I remember reading in the right. Bhagavad Gita, like what's behind the sensations, emotions, what's behind emotions, thoughts, what's, blah, blah, blah. what is behind it all self. And that's the, that's what I've concluded after 14 years of meditation is that there is nothing but mind. Mind. So that, that will, I'll clip that. And that'll be my future. When people ask me why I was late to a podcast, I'd say, well, I have to meditate because it's the only thing that exists. But like, right. Sorry for that that rant, but I had I had to get that all out because I feel like we're on the same wavelength. With that. Right, and and so hierarchy of mind. Mm -hmm. There's minds within minds, mm -hmm. and the higher mind manifests this physical reality. So getting back, so now how do I get to? Uh, how do I then get to? And by the way, I I kind of discussed this in my little book, The Fool and His Enemy. Okay. Which is a pretty short read. It's only about a three hour read. I'll make a note of that right and, now. And uh yeah, wow. the fool and his enemy. You could buy it on Amazon, but um, uh, I, I think it's my most important it's my most philosophic book that I'm putting I've that written. in my notes right now, the fool and his enemy. Written and I talk about this in the book and I give certain proofs. Um uh, there's a, there's different ways of coming at this. And Coolish's way is one way. Another way is, you know, and I've discussed this on other podcasts, you know, the 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 um uh the synchronicities, the meaningful coincidences in life, that mind is about meaning and structure and order, which has meaning. And there are various, every system of mind is connected with the systems of meaning. And so people talk about the the coincidences between the death of Lincoln and the death of Kennedy. Kennedy, right? yeah. Both were elected to Congress in 46. Both were elected to the presidency in 60. Mm-hmm. Both men were shot in the head from behind on a Friday while seated next to their wives, right? Yeah. Uh, Kennedy's assassin shot him from a warehouse and fled and was apprehended in a theater. Lincoln's assassin shot him in a theater and then was apprehended in a warehouse. Both of the assassins were shot dead by one bullet from a Colt revolver. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, both presidents were succeeded by presidents named Johnson, born in 08, right? And don't they have the same secretary name or something? Uh, no, that was actually a false. One. Okay, okay. They, they didn't. Um... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So, but anyway, there, and they both were taken. They, they were initially were alive when they were shot in the head. Uh, they were both taken to a place with the name with the f- name was P uh, Peterson. I think they were both, I think they were both treated by doctors who had the first name initially. Uh, they did not survive, of course, the assassination. And there's always these conspiracy theories surrounding their death, but, um, and, and there's even more to it than that, but that just those, that is so bizarre. But what a lot of people don't know is that uh, Abraham Lincoln saw his death the week within the week before he was killed. This is related in some of the common histories, academic histories of Lincoln's life. Lincoln was on the River Queen. It was a, uh, I think it was a steamship uh, um, up one of the rivers in Virginia. That was the headquarters. And he said they had, it was hooked up to a telegraph system. He was communicating with Grant. And that was the latter days of the Civil War. The Civil War was coming to an end. And he was, he was there. Uh, and he was he he fell asleep on a couch and a sofa there, and he had this dream that he was in his nightgown and he was in the White House and in the West Wing. What he heard this ghastly, you know, uh, crying or you know, uh, you know, people were upset, uh, like a like a groan and a cry. And he went down, and there was a coffin there with guarded by soldiers, and there was a crowd of mourners. And he walked up to one of the soldiers and he says, who has died in the White House? What is this? And he said, the president's been killed by an assassin. God, if I remember bad. the story correctly. And then there was this great outpouring, this this almost shout of mournfulness from the crowd. And he wakes up. Jeez. So Lincoln tries to console himself. He takes the Bible and he starts opening it. He used to you know, use the Bible as a kind of um, oracle. He would open it at random to get inspiration. And every time he opened it at random, it was something about death. Huh. He was and and it really was bothering him. And so when he was it was just a day or two before the assassination, and he had a group of friends at the White House. And he told the story. His wife, Mary Lincoln, got very, very upset. And he was he regretted mentioning it because she freaked out. Um, 
And, uh, you know, his friends were concerned, obviously. And he said, well, it's just a dream. But they're, so how do you explain this? You know, mm. how do we explain it? We can't because life is like this. We, w these experiences happen to people all over the place. It's a part of our life. So yes, epiphenomena. Now to get to the political meaning of it, of this, this crazy universe that we live in that we've misunderstood. What if I create a political philosophy based on the ontology is materialism, is primary, mind is epiphenomenal. Well, wait a minute, that's dialectic materialism, that's Marxism. That's the new religion, scientific socialism, right? All in all of its fellow travelers, uh -huh. leftist friends, associates, that's the new religion. And what does the new religion do? It inverts ontology. It puts, puts what is epiphenomenal on top and what is truly real, it discards. And then historically, isn't Satanism supposed to be a perfect inversion? It's a inversion, yes. Oh, you got shit. it exactly. Now, what do they do? They now invert male and female. Yeah, the men are supposed is... to act like women, and the women are supposed to act like men. Now, is that just a coincidence, right? Oh, and then, yeah. wait a minute, Marxism says the people on the bottom have to overthrow the people on the top, inverting class structure. Oh. It's literally, as you go through it all, it's amazing how it works out metaphysically that everything they do is an inversion. And then they're even inverting the science. Yes. Right? Yes. Right, they're, they're, it's it's everything inverting the truth. Everything's total gaslighting. There is no the very sentence. Trust the there science. is no truth. Right, the very sentence. Trust the science is the most anti scientific thing. Science just is. Yeah, it doesn't need to be trusted. It will burst through your door. You, well, well, <laughs> one one of my favorite um, books is my grandfather when he died in nineteen seventy. Was it? Uh, 1969. When my grandfather died, he left me his 1943 Webster's International New Dictionary. Okay, and 1943. What a year! When you go through the flags of the world, the Nazi flag is actually one of them Jeez. for Germany, right? That's how old this this thing is. And I inherited it at the age of what was I? 11 years old. I inherited this. So I looked when I was in graduate school. I was reading Jürgen Habermas, the Frankfurt philosopher, you know, and I'm sitting there reading through Habermas and I'm thinking, he's saying there's no, that epistemologically you can't know the truth. So I thought, huh, is that nihilism? So I looked up the definition of nihilism mm -hmm. in this really beautiful old dictionary and, and it said nihilism. There's three kinds of nihilism. There's epistemological nihilism which denies the objective ground of truth. Okay. That's nihilism. Then there's moral nihilism that denies there is objective morality. And then there's metaphysical nihilism that denies there is even an objective reality. Okay. Right? So I thought to myself, wait a minute. When you invert ontology, there is behind it a nihilism, a denial of reality, a denial that you can know the truth, the denial that there is a truth to know. And now think about it. That now this takes me to Kierkegaard, who talked about the sin of despair, right? In the sickness unto death. Uh -huh. So wait a minute. Despair is a sin. He starts many of his, despair is a sin. He says it over and over again. Despair is a sin. I thought, wait a minute. Nihilism is despair.
Mm-hmm. It's the despairing that you can know anything. It's the despairing that there is a right and wrong, that there's order in the universe, that there's anything meaningful at all. Despair is a sin. Well, what's the opposite of despair? It's faith, uh-huh. right? So this gives you, and Kierkegaard is saying, they don't know what faith is. Well, this is it. Faith isn't that I'm repeating a doctrine in my mind over and over again, just repeating these words. That's not faith. Faith is the denial of despair, is yes. the the escape from despair, because despair, so why is despair sin? And Kierkegaard shows over and over again how all despair, I mean, all sin, all errors, sin is a word for error, that all of our errors, all of our worst sins come from despair, the sin of despair. Yeah. What does it all mean? Nothing right. matters. What it's, does it matter? Right. Because the denial of meaning is the denial of God. It's the uh, denial of this larger thing in which we are nested. Right. And 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 that is that is something we need so much to find our place within this system, this God system that we're in, and to live right within it and to be who we can be the best we can be that we're meant to be by the author of the system that we're in. Um, And these people, and you see when you said Satanism, inversion, Satanism inverts everything. Satanism also wants to negate creation. Uh We're creatures within the creation. Remember this terminology, this old theological terminology is really profound. We are not the creators though. We're made in the image of God. So we have the power to create. But we're creatures within this God system creation, going back to Coolish's mathematical proof. And so, therefore, there's this possibility of revolting against that creation, Hmm. saying, as Karl Marx said, if you boil down Marx's philosophy, it said, I don't want to be a creature within somebody else's creation. I want to be God. Yeah. So that's – and this is what Whitaker Chambers said in Witness – the great anti-communist defector and witness. He said that communism is the world's second oldest religion. It is the religion of the snake in the Garden of Eden that says, oh, eat the fruit. You won't die. You'll be like God, right? You'll be gods if you eat it. Yeah, get the knowledge and then. Yeah, you'll be like gods. And so now where does that get you now? It's a very interesting thing. It gets you on this path, this journey to nowhere, this journey to destruction, where destruction is the motive in itself. Because what are you doing? You're negating the universe. You're revolting against God. You are in despair. I'll tell you a story very important to me. When I was in graduate school, a lot of communists there. And one of them was a very angry Colombian Marxist. Okay. And, uh, and he was, we were in a, we were teachers, we were teaching assistants in this class called Introduction to Political Analysis. And it was for, you know, uh, freshmen and sophomores. And uh, we, uh, we had a huge workload. And, and of course, we had final papers to grade and a final test to grade. So we, we went, there were four of us, we went in our office, we had our offices together in the same we kind of shared an office and all our desks were lined up and we just put all the things on it. We worked through it. 
Then we went out for pizza and beer because we, we did this impossibly huge task and we still had time left over because we just worked. We encouraged each other to do it systematically. And so we, we go out for pizza and beer. We end up taking it to one of the people's houses. And so this, this Colombian Marxist, and this was my first, I didn't understand this. I was too young, but he explained it. And this is where despair comes in. He said, and this is UC Irvine was my school, and uh, it's it's near Laguna Beach. If you've ever been there, they got a boardwalk there. It's beautiful. He's seeing. I'm walking down the board, boardwalk at Laguna Beach, and the moon. There's this beautiful moon that sets out there on the ocean off of Laguna, and I've seen it many many times. Um, and he said, "Oh, it was so beautiful." And then I thought about all the poor suffering people in the world, and it ruined it all. And then I thought. In a hundred years, nobody will remember me, right? Yeah. Now, why is the juxtaposition of me, 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 me with all the suffering people in the world? That first struck me. It's like, what? You know, and I thought to myself, why would you be worried about anyone remembering you in a hundred years? Yeah. You won't care then, and, right? And you just said that your biggest concern is all the suffering people in the world. So why right. would you give a shit? So he's, he's, so he's like making him, he's putting himself kind of on a cross. He's making him starting a, cross a charity like, and being concerned about if your name will stay on the charity. And it's like, right. Dude, no, 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 do the charity. Right. Well, well now here's the interesting thing that I discovered is that when I thought about it and I realized, so, okay, so he's talking about this and then about how the, he comes to his revolutionary politics to change the world and and i th i wanted to say to him you you don't believe your sp you have a spirit you don't believe you have a soul you don't believe that in 100 years you're going to be somewhere else you're going to you're 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 immortal and and this this life is just a passage and you are stuck in this nonsense you are taking the world and yourself too seriously yeah right yeah. and so so I, I, I wanted to say something to him, but he really wanted to say something to me. So he, I was the designated driver. I was, you know, I had like one beer when we had the pizza and I wasn't drinking because I had to give everybody the ride home. Right. So he's the last one. I drop him off in front of his apartment and he does not, he's drunk and he does not want to go. He wants to tell me what's what. And he says, you know, what's the matter with you? You believe in good and evil, and you think that people who are evil are unhappy. But I want to tell you, I know these drug, you know, Colombian drug dealers and revolutionaries, and they're very violent, and they kill people, and they're happy. <laughs> he was telling me this. And, and I, I was thinking, well, what do I say to him? He says, you're so superficial, you think. And I thought, why is he so hard trying to convince me of this? Yeah, again. Trust the science. Right. Real and I truth thought, doesn't need to be trusted. It just is. And what I said to him is I said, you are in despair. You're you 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 you're in despair. You're 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 the one who's suffering. Can't you see that? That that you are not admitting good and evil and that you have a soul. And he just got furious and, and drunkenly you know left the car, but but um, it was a revelation. I didn't really immediately understand or can I, I kind of had some of the elements, but this is, so what is evil? And this, this Eric Verglin, this political philosopher, he is touched on it. 
And Carl Jung, the psychologist, touches on it. And the Gospels touch on it. The Bi It's all in the Bible. And it's all in the, in, in Buddhism touches on it. A lot of spiritual practices touch on this. But what it is, is basically Kierkegaard is right. Despair is a sin. And when they, because he's an atheist, because he believes that he dies and his and consciousness is gone, it's an absurd situation. And it's absurd and it's wrong and he's angry because it's so absurd and there's no real order. There's no, he doesn't believe in good and evil or a moral order or any kind of order or God or anything. And so he's in this profound state of alienation. And if you look at the, you know, Nazism, all the totalitarian ideologies, as Berglund uh, points out, all of these ideologies stem from a deep despairing in the soul that then gives permission. You look at Hitler. Hitler's very interesting. There is a deep despairing in Hitler's soul. It comes out in various negative comments. You know, whatever his qualities else, whatever his genius or whatever, this deep down despair leads him to commit these colossal crimes. If you read it, there is nothing aside from the fact that he's evil. There isn't, I also don't think there's a greater loser. Oh, and excuse well, excuse my French. Yeah. There's no greater bitch than Hitler. You go read his stuff. Oh yes, it's not about that. My paintings weren't better. It's that the Jews did it to me. Yes, Aside from being evil. Yes, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Well, evil is. See, this is the thing. People don't understand what evil is. And it think is. about how despairing it is that there is no faith there. Yeah, there is a godlessness and a lack of faith. There's a despair in Hitler. There's a despair that says. These people must be punished and destroyed and a despair that wants to lash out, right? And remember what I said about destruction. So you hate the universe because you find no meaning in it. And think about the despairing person. He justifies his lashing out because everything's so darn unfair. Whether it's the bourgeoisie that does it or the Jews or the banksters or, you know, and the thing is, this is, the, this is a key thing. Anti-Semitism, Hitler's anti-Semitism, is the poor man's Marxism-Leninism. Not the poor man, the stupid man's Marxism-Leninism, because it has no, it doesn't have the intellectual sophistication of Marx. It just goes right to the, cuts right to the chase. So you go to the conspiracy theories that we're seeing all around us, the people who believe in the Illuminati or the Jews or the Masons or whatever, they got one devil theory. Yeah. One bad group of people, if we just eliminate them, we have the perfect world, and right? No one sees the irony in that. If you want a perfect world, you have to build it. What they're doing is just, they're doing, it's, it's I, I owe Jeff a hundred bucks. I'm not going to pay it today, but what I will do is pay it tomorrow with 10% interest. So I'll pay you 110 tomorrow. If I cannot pay you a hundred dollars today, how in God's name am I going to muster up 110 tomorrow? So when the people go, when someone goes, we can have a better world, we have to build it, we have to work towards it, you know, don't despair, We baby steps, we've been doing 10 millennia of baby steps, and every society, society is always better for the next generation. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The people that go, we can't do that. We have to destroy the devil first. Okay, let's let's just walk. Let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say there is a, an evil. Let's say this is going to be taken out of context. Someone's going to clip this. Let's say Hitler's right and it's the Jews. Or let's say it's the Illuminati or whatever. Let's say it's it's people from Canada. Whatever you want. <laughs> just whatever. Let's say it's me. Let's say I'm the bad guy. Okay, let's say walk it out and you do need to initiate a Holocaust. You need to take them out. What are we doing then? We still have to build the good thing. So if you can't pay the $100 today building a better world, how in God's name are you going to do it tomorrow when you not only have to still build the better world, but first you have to take out a demon? You're saying I cannot possibly lift one pound. Therefore, I will lift two pounds. It is, ironically, an inversion of logic. Well, and it's also what Jung would call projecting the shadow because the demon you are attacking is your own reflection seen in other people. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's basically what you're doing. When you see all these people, one of the problems is Jung wrote a book towards the end of his life called The Undiscovered Self. It's a very short book, but it's a really profound. However many times you read it, you get something. And a lot of it is about communism and totalitarianism. He's got this. He's talking about mass society, mass man. And he's saying that these new the new religion. He didn't use my terminology, but I'm going to use mine because it's, it's very complicated. And what he wrote is is really sophisticated because he spent this is after a lifetime of studying people psychologically as a medical doctor, as a psychiatrist. And he said, um, people have adopted, if gotten rid of because of this materialism, they have adopted this form of religion, which your salvation is political. And therefore, since it's political, the people who don't agree with you politically have to be removed because they're blocking your salvation. They're the devil. Yeah. And he said the problem and he's pointing to national socialism. He's pointing to communism. And he's saying the problem here is that now you're projecting your shadow. Because you are now you have no spirituality. You have no spiritual dimension because your spirituality has been taken away and replaced with politics. Yeah. The politics of us and them. Yeah. And the thing is, is politics is a process in which we, which the state exists in order to defend us, right? There's the three pillars of civilization outlined by Jacob Burkhardt in his posthumous notes. It's the church, 
it's the state and it's the culture. Mm -hmm. The church uh, spiritualizes us, the state defends us from enemies, foreign and domestic, and the culture gives us everything else, you know, art, money, business, you know, uh, beautiful stuff, um, literature, um, everything we can invent out of our mind, all of our creativity, all of our creative powers. And he said that that the problem with this, you suddenly you've kicked out religion and the state is your religion and politics is your religion and the devil is anyone who disagrees. That's totalitarianism. Yeah. That's yeah. lining people up against the wall and massacring them. Yeah. Right. Or suppressing them, taking away their personhood by taking away their uh, freedom of speech, taking away their, you know. And so when we look around, what is really, you know, people think, oh, it's the other is the danger. Look, uh, Putin is a totalitarian. It, you know, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He pretends to be a nationalist and a Christian. He is not. He is part of the old KGB communist apparatus. When the Soviet Union fell, these people weren't put on trial. They didn't go anywhere. Yeah, the nomenclature of phone book from 1991 is got the same family names they, in it. They didn't just go home. They didn't go. They didn't leave. <laughs> they didn't they go didn't take say, off the hat and go, well, no, I guess that's that. No. So when when uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu 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 is caught on video telling a group of generals and, and Russian politicians, first we're going to put the Soviet Union back, and then we're going to have peace. Right. Just just one more thing. You just yeah. Do one more thing. Yeah, to do one more thing. Put the Soviet the Soviet Union that killed you know thirty to sixty million people, and people. and. Yeah, its own people and, you know, and people it oppressed in other countries that it took over. And then you've got Soviet China, which used to be its name in the early 50s, Red China, which we just say, oh, they're not communist anymore. They're our business partners. Well, what happens when you go into business with murderers and psychopaths or pneumopaths, spiritually pathologic? You are compromised. There's something spiritually and morally wrong with you. So why is capitalism? Well, we just want to make money because their ontology is inverted. Mm. You know, it's the fool and his enemy. This is yeah. your enemy. He wants to destroy you. Look at CC George Bush. Look at who's standing behind George. Yeah, Putin. It's Putin. He's smiling. He just made George W. Bush into his pet. Yeah. What did he do? What did what did Putin do? He spent 20 years building hypersonic missiles, bombs, tsunami bombs. Yeah, super weapons. His army yeah. is crap. His people don't want to fight, but he's got his super weapons. He hasn't used them yet. He keeps reminding us of that. Yeah. You know, I can nuke you. You better let me win this war. Um, and the Chinese leaders, Xi Jinping has built three statues, according to um uh the Sinologist. Um, I think his name is Mosier. Um uh, he three statues. He's built a stat of the three heroes, Mao, Stalin, and Hitler. He's had them made, these statues. It's like, who's the three? If you go to the old Guinea's Book of World Records, I don't know if it's wrong. The, 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 the world's record for mass murder, number one is Mao Zedong. Now, yeah. Number two is Stalin. Number three is Hitler. Hitler is a distant third. You know. So, I mean, so your heroes are the three, the top three mass murderers in history? Xi Jinping? So what is Xi Jinping aspiring to be and to do? Again, destruction, destruction. Revert, inverted ontology instead of creating and building which is man is supposed to do he's just building to destroy well it's and you can see why it does win in the short term and the short term may be 100 years but you can see why it does 
seem that it wins and it's in the it's entropic right it's always easier to knock it's always easier to walk to into destroy your, yeah. walk into your bathroom and mess it up knock over your cologne bottle knock the toothpaste into the sink and unroll the toilet paper and you know it always takes you gotta kind of you know clean your vanity or clean your there's a reason on sunday i and there is no religious meaning to it it's just the day i do it but it's it's the day i clean my apartment but it's always it always takes time you got to go out of your way to do it all but there's also a total there's a like you almost feel you know it's like and on the seventh day god said it was good there's almost a feeling of this is like all my sheets are clean. I swept the kitchen floor. I, I disinfected. I scrubbed it all. I cleaned out all the shit from the sink. Vacuum. You do your laundry and you're just like, it, it takes effort. And the effort's not fun because you're pushing the rock uphill. You are, we are intrinsically doing like, you know, the, you know, the human, it wants to do nothing. Biologically, it wants you to lay down and eat because it never, doesn't know when you're going to starve next. He never wants you to go expend energy. Going and working out, your body's like, the hell is this? Why are you doing this? There is something about it does suck for a little bit, but then the rest of the day or the rest of the week, meditation, despite meditating thousands of times, I never, have, not even today, I never go into it wanting. I'm always like, oh, I got to do this thing. It's yeah, I sit down, turn the phone off, yeah, sit down and close your eyes. Why am I doing this? It's so stupid. Every day, and it takes a little effort. There's never been a meditation that I haven't come out of and just gone like, and you got to push the rock a little uphill, but it's chopping wood. It's, it's, it's storing the grain for the winter. You do a little work and it feels better. It's always easier to destroy so there's a reason why these things take off uh, literally and metaphorically like fire fire is it's enticing it's seductive it just burns it doesn't give a fuck trees and cars and just burn it'll burn a human it'll just it'll just burn through it all but what lays in the first of all it's short-lived even if a fire rages for a year it's short-lived in comparison to what comes after and it's a desolate wasteland versus the millennia of slowly growing in the every day, just another little building block, another rainstorm, the vine moves a centimeter more, the ecosystem grows, the animals develop and evolve. And what do you eventually get? It's when you walk into a forest, you ever just walk into a, like a, into a field with no like shoes or socks on. You just feel the dirt and the bugs and it's sunny and the winds blowing. You see all the leaves. And the first time I ever took psychedelic mushrooms, I just stood there and I was like, Oh my God. It's just teeming with life that's been painstakingly built up for so long. And even our, not even just the biosphere, but just our own society. That's what, that's what Eisenhower was so concerned about with the nuclear wars. I think his quote was, we have painstakingly built up this, not even America. He just said, we have painstakingly built up human civilization over so many millennia from the wheel to you know electrical wiring to to penicillin to flight to color television it has taken so long to get you and it's a good fight it's a good it's good to clean your apartment you it sucks and it smells like bleach and it's terrible but at the end of the day and your bed's made and all your laundry's put away it is good it, but it's always easier and it's always more seductive in the short term to burn it all down short term gratification what would I much rather do tonight? What am I going to do tonight? I'm going to finish up an audiobook I have for a guest tomorrow. I'm going to go get groceries. I'm going to take my laundry out, and I'm going to try to get to bed at a reasonable hour, which I'll fail to do, but whatever. 
What would I rather do? And what would I rather do every night? I would rather get shit-faced under Taco Bell. Every morning, I wake up and tell my, I open my eyes and I go, I'm going to go get... I lie to myself every day. I'm like, I'm going to go get some ice cream, cancel my podcast, and do nothing. But what do I actually do? I get up, I make my bed, I go to the gym, I take a shower, I shit shave, put on clean clothes, meditate, and do the podcast. Because it's always better when you do work and put energy into the system. Because like like potential energy converting to kinetic energy, it's conversion. It's not all for naught. When you put your energy into it, it's not energy lost. You're just now, you're getting, right? When you take heat and put it into water, you're not losing the heat. Now you got a hot tub. It's it's something dope. It's something cool, right? You do something. You put energy into working out. You don't go, why did I do that? No, after a year, you look at yourself and you go, I got some shoulder muscles. You're all right. All right, this isn't half bad. You do the work. When you put in the work, it it can't be created or destroyed. So something has to happen. To, again, when you heat something up, the energy has to go somewhere, right? It's, it's, it's why an air conditioner will never be as efficient as a heater because a waste product is heat, right? But nonetheless, it takes, you do something, you're getting something out of it, but it's always easier and it's always more seductive to destroy it. And then on a little side, it doesn't mean it's always bad. Sometimes you have to have a little release. It's fun at the end of the Thanksgiving, despite dieting all year. Yeah, I'm going to eat 30,000 calories of chocolate pie. I don't give a shit. That's okay. That's one of the, you go in and you enjoy life. Christmas day, I'm going to have a beer at 10 a.m. with my brothers. Like, it's okay to lean in to enjoy it. Sure. Eat, drink, be, be merry. Tomorrow we're dead. But overall, it is good to work. It is a good, and yeah, you can mock it and go, oh, that's just that oppressed Puritanism, Christianism. No, that you build up this world and you get something wonderful out of it. It's always more easy to destroy. It's always more, you can gain more, nobody gets attention. You look at a, what do people say about a Bezos or a Musk? Oh, these are evil capitalists. These are evil. No one looks at the images of them when you see Bezos sitting in a desk in a shitty garage with a piece of cardboard paper taped to his front of a desk and written in Sharpie is Amazon. No one cared about it then. No one looks at that and gives it the credit it deserves. No one looks at Michael Jordan training or, or a lanky Tom Brady getting drafted. It's only when it's over you go, look at that asshole. Tom Brady's got a chiseled jaw and seven Super Bowl rings. But you're not, you're not praising the work. It's always more easy to grab a brick and throw it through a window and put on a black mask and go, revolution! It's sexy. It pulls you in. It's something that is just, it's taboo. You're breaking a private business. You're lighting a cop car on fire. But what do you get in the wake? Nothing. You're not rebuilding something. You're not, you're not knocking down an apartment and building a skyscraper because that does happen. You, you can do it, you know, and sometimes you do break something and build something incredible after it. But time and time again, all this has ever shown us, even just in the last 120 years, is that nothing follows but despair. And if by God's grace, a system does arise, it is a demonic system of oppression, of secret police, and ultimately of genocide. That's what this thing is. Because of of the spirits or the anti-spirits that is uh, animated it from the beginning. Uh, Karl Marx early in his life, he wrote a poem in which he expressed the following idea, which encapsulates everything you've just been saying. He said, if I could destroy the world, God's creation, I would be equal to God. Then I would oh. be able to walk triumphant through the ruins of the world. 
This uh, is actually uh, something Karl Marx wrote. That's that's telling. It's very if telling. I, it, yeah. it, it's if I go into prison on the first day and kill the biggest guy, now I get respect, and it's like well, you're just another murderer now. Well, and but it's so grandiose. It's comparing yourself to God. He's saying if I can destroy God's creation, God's greatest creation, man, if I can destroy mankind, then I'm the equal to God who made mankind. And why would you need that delusion of grandeur? It's because you're coming from a place of despair. That's right. So you got to reach for the heavens. Right. That's right. Isn't that incredible? And kind of like the whole matter and mind, how you can draw these lines and in, in, in compartments between them, but the more you observe it, no, no pun intended, but the more you observe it, the more you realize it is all just one thing. Yeah. We kind of do. I know I'm guilty of it. I, I think I've been more open to it in the last year or two, but I know I've traditionally been guilty of like, I just, you draw these lines between if two years ago we had done this podcast and you have been like, I want to talk about like the philosophy of, I'd be like, Oh dude, I don't want to do this shit. Like let's, we're talking about communism versus capitalism. It's very No, no, no. But the more you actually look at it, drop your preconceived notions of it and go, what is it really? It's not far fetched to say that th not far fetched at all. It's accurate. You know, this is all one, th whether it's building Legos or destroying a society to set up a communist hellscape, it is, it is, it comes to it's creation versus destruction. Yeah. Creation for hope of something. You don't work towards something if you're hopeless. You, you don't build a better thing for your kids if you, you don't do that out of hatred. Because you, you have no faith. You, you only faith is left to you is the faith in destruction. The the dad that works himself to the bone to give his kids a better life doesn't do that because he hates the kids. No. He he may sacrifice himself and his health, but it's out of love. Again, it's that conversion of heat to the hot to the hot heat to cold water turning into a hot tub. The dad may work himself to the bone and to where it's like, oh dude, that guy's killing himself. But then you see the, the kids going to a good school and you go, Oh no, 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 he's he's providing for the next generation. He's he's done his thing. He's the he's now building the next thing right it's it's you see it in the animal kingdom right that you know covering the kids it's you are passing along that it's through it's temporally it's through generations but it is passing along that love you don't do that out of hatred it's the isn't that the japanese proverb i think it's japanese a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they won't sit under that is the yes push it forward versus yeah. burn it all down we, and you can dress it up and very, very, we need equity. It needs to be a more equitable. We need pay, pay your fair share. We people, white men need to understand that they are problematic. Now it's burn it all down. They're just, they've gotten better at their PR. Well, the, the great uh, English historian, uh, Thomas Macaulay uh, would refer to Edmund Burke as the greatest man of the 18th century. And Edmund Burke very famously wrote his, um... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, his commentary, um, Reflections on the Revolution in France. And why this is one of the greatest political writings ever is because Edmund Burke was communicating what you're just saying, only with a real emphasis on the positive. Edmund Burke not only was saying that everything positive in the political world is built up slowly over a long period of time. The rights of Englishmen just didn't appear. Yeah, You had before the Magna Carta, you had the Magna Carta, you had the struggle between the kings and the lords and the and the 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 aristocracy and the people. And you you had then you you develop this this uh, system of checks and balances mm -hmm. uh, that comes ultimately from Lycurgus and, and the Romans. And as you have the House of Commons with a check on the House of Lords, which has a check on the House of Commons, and you have the monarch who has a check on both and they both have a check on the monarchy. It is the system that Thomas Aquinas wrote about when he was bringing forward Aristotle. And so you look at that and you go, this thing evolved. This is English liberty. And he says, the French, they don't understand it. They're having this revolution. And, and, and this is that this is the, he saw the ultimate atheism as he, he said, he said, they, you know, talking about Marie Antoinette and the, and he basically predicted they were going to kill the King, um, you know, for them, a queen is a woman and a woman is an animal. And they have now leveled everything. They've leveled the whole beautiful thing that has been built up. And he said, in order to even fight for your country and want to defend your country, your country must be beautiful. How do you beautify your country? Yeah. With ideals and principles. And a monarch is a principle. A monarch is a guy who's not your boss. He's responsible to God to protect you. That's the ancient medieval concept of kingship. Mm. And it's like, and if he screws it up, God is going to punish him because that's who he's responsible for, to, right? And it's like, okay, is there providence in history? Big question. Well, I point people back to Lincoln and mm. Kennedy. There is something there. Yeah. And there's, yeah, then you can draw so many similarities between between yeah even just even just the ability to build your own business and work towards something great and and create that thing yeah think mm -hmm. about a good ruler and an evil ruler you look at putin yeah and you look at he's got 
within a week, 265,000 young Russian men fled Russia, you know, mm -hmm. 98,000 to Kazakhstan, where, where most of them went. Um, they don't want to fight for him. Why? Because he's evil and he's killing people in Ukraine for some vain reason that he wants to be remembered in 100 years and he wants to save all those poor people in the world that are being oppressed by capitalism, right? Because that's his real enemy. And he, he, he needs to put the Soviet Union together to make the revolution work again. And what is he doing? He's putting up statues to Stalin. And when they take every oblast, when they take every place in Ukraine, they're putting up Lenin statue. It's like, you can go, you can look. And they put the hammer and sickle above the, the building. And it's like, a Ukrainian friend sends me a picture of one of the, the, the towns they took over. It's like, wow, they put the hammer and sickle and they put a statue of Lenin up. It's like, why? Yeah. It, these are symbols of destruction. And whatever you want to say about it, you know, whether it's the people here in the U.S., the, the um, Antifa folks, what did they do? They pulled down the statues of George Washington and U.S. Grant in, in San Francisco and Teddy Roosevelt in New York. They, these people were our heroes. They built us up, whatever their mistakes or errors, because it's always and it's just like as long as we're, we're going by truth and we're trying and we're going along, we're going to we're going to get we're going to make get, that you're going to get better. You're going to more closer to God's intention, right, towards what is ideal but we, you don't suddenly go from the caveman who's dragging his knuckles along the ground to, you know, Victorian England. You don't go from there in one generation. It takes, this is, it yeah. Takes J JFK was wanted a, didn't wanted us to cooperate with the Soviets and go to the moon together. Didn't want Vietnam. It was also cheating on his wife. It, yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't mean that you should praise all the actions, but it also means that you got to be an adult and go, just like I can look back at myself as an 18 year old and go, yeah, he was a bit of an asshole, but I'm trying. I'm 32 now. It's been 14 years. We also have to apply that to generations and decades and centuries and go, yeah, okay. So they owned some slaves. That wasn't good. But over time, we got rid of the slaves. Over time, women can vote. Over time, we got, we got rid of segregation. Over time, we got rid of the draft. Like we are moving to give it. But again, it's the whole working hard. It takes a long time and it's not immediately appealing. And then there's the Greek tragic, the Greek tragedy aspect of everything. Because we're flawed, we're going to fall down. Mm -hmm. We're going to have these tragic, we're not going to escape that. That's going to be in part of the journey. Yeah. But it's the catharsis of the tragedy. It's like, what did we learn something? Yes. We actually went through that. You go back to Thucydides. You read Thucydides. Yeah, Thucydides trap. I mean, well, no, not the Thucydides okay. trap. The Thucydides actually Thucydides because the Thucydides trap. I don't believe in it because if you read Thucydides, there is no Thucydides trap. The Athenians lost. Yeah. Okay. So how do they come up with the Thucydides trap when Athens lost the Peloponnesian War? It's like, wait Good a minute. Point. That's it's like. Wait a minute. And, you know, and you got to read it more than once. But the Melian dialogue, right? The Athenians, the, this little colony, island, Spartan colony, an island, Milos. And they weren't minding their own business. They didn't want to be in the war. They were neutral. And the Athenians came to them because Athens controlled the sea and Sparta controlled the land. And they said, oh, you're on the sea. You've got to now be ours. And the, the Melanians said, look, this is wrong. We don't want any part of it. 
you don't have the we don't think you have a right to, to tell us and they said well we are strong enough to annihilate you and that doesn't right and wrong has nothing to do with it and we will annihilate you so you had better do what we say mm. that's the way it is that's the way the world works and of course Emelian said no we believe what's right is right and wrong is wrong and surrendering to you is not right and so the Athenians annihilated them, exterminated them, right? Killed all the men, sold all the women and children into slavery. And a few years later, the Spartans, the mother city of Milos, conquers Athens, tears the long wall of Athens down, and is confronted with the question, do we now exterminate these people who were so evil that they 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 annihilated an entire city, a colony of ours, of our children, right? They exterminated our children. And the Spartans saying, no, no, this is not noble. Yeah. To to kill. The Spartans said, no, we knock down their long wall and we make it so that they can't do this again as, as long as we can. And then we just go back to being Spartans. We don't do this annihilation thing. Mm. And so that's why Athens wasn't exterminated. Though many would have said, wait a minute, justice would require yeah, you yeah. to exterminate Athens. But looking at the history, look at the, the Athens defended all of Greece from the Persians, you know, twice, you know. And the Spartans participated in that. And the Spartans said, no. This is the Athenians are part of us too. They're Greeks. They're part of us too. We cannot destroy them. Mm. And so th this is the, the the higher morality, the higher nobility. When people say morality has nothing to do with politics and nobility, you go back to chivalry. Treat your enemy honorably. Truth matters. Being decent matters. Being honorable, being generous, being just matters. Because guess what? Like, like Edmund Burke said, it's about chivalry. He said, we, you know, chivalry is dead. We're, we're basically destroyed. This is, was our heritage. This is what made us great. We have to recover this. And, and so when I, when Trump ordered the killing of Soleimani, the, the Republican, now no, Revolutionary no, I, Guard I mean, Corps yeah. general, right? I denounced it. Everybody denounced me. I didn't have a single friend that said to me, oh, Jeff, you're right. They shouldn't have assassinated him. And I said, and here Trump takes credit for it. I ordered him to be, it's like he's a general of another country. And you may disagree with him, but there are, there's ancient, ancient rules. You, you can kill a general on the battlefield. That's perfectly legitimate. Because everybody's killing everybody on a battlefield and it's total ma'am, but he's not on a battlefield. He was going to a negotiation yeah, with our ally, the president of Iraq, and yeah. you murdered him at an airport yeah. with a drone strike. It's like this is so low, and it's like I'm ashamed to be an American because you don't assassinate your enemy's leaders People in glass houses should not throw stones. Look at what happened to John Kennedy. Hmm. You don't, he was, he was involved in the DM brother's yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, DM, DM for, yeah. He was involved in these other, they're trying to assassinate. Bobby Kennedy was in charge of this group. They hired a Brazilian uh -huh. to shoot Castro with a, with a sniper rifle. Yeah, and yeah. Castro in September, 1963 went to the Brazilian embassy and said, what is this? Yeah. 
Kennedy's trying to assassinate me with a sniper rifle. He found out about it. Z and he rifle. said, this is a two-way street. Yeah, Z, yeah, Z rifle. Yeah, him. so Oswald does what? Oswald the communist who went to meet Cubans in Mexico yeah. City yeah, with Win shoots Scott. Kennedy with a sniper rifle, right? So it's like you don't assassinate other people's leaders because they're going to go, you know, as bad as the communists are, they do actually have some rules left. Hmm. They do do assassinate leaders too. Look at Putin. Putin assassinates all kinds of yeah. people. He's an assassin. This is why he's a – you're going to do that. Now you are at their level to some – I mean I'm not saying we're as evil as that. But that's evil is evil, and this is wrong, and it has to be denounced. This assassination thing, we should have gotten over this. Didn't we learn our lesson in the 70s when all these assassinations of the CIA came out? Yeah, no. Committee. No. Where you must be honorable and you must be true and this thing about lying, it's like, you know, think about the symbolism of Christianity. Christ is the truth and the way. So what are they? What are they? He's crucified. Well, wait a minute. That's always what happens to truth. Because the truth is inconvenient for men living now. Look, I got to make my money. I can't go with truth. I've got to advance my political career. I can't go with truth. Truth is always the inconvenient thing because truth is not exactly what we would want, right? So we betray it. We crucify it. Hmm. And so truth comes as a person to the earth to exist with us. And what do we do? We murder him. It's kind of like uh, Bill Hicks, the comedian. This isn't kind of weird that whenever someone comes to this world preaching uh, truth, we kill him. He's, you know, it's like a, a Jesus crucified, the Gandhi shot, Kennedy shot. And he goes, and he goes, and the demons always survive. Reagan wounded. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, he goes, isn't that always weird? How we, when someone comes here telling us that this is all just a ride and that their life is eternal and that you can never separate yourself from the love of God, what do we do to those people? We kill them. Well, when they start to, really cause inconvenience to the powers that be and and see that's the thing the powers that be are not just simply the elite they're also the mob yeah absolutely if so when i go and i say something i will get attacked from the right from the people down here you know they'll say how can you before that evil zelensky how can you be for that corrupt Ukraine? It's like, wait a minute. You were frauded in an election, you say, and you let the guy get away with it. They were frauded in an election in 2004 and they had their orange revolution. They had a redo. And Mr. Yanukovych lost then and Mr. Yushchenko went up. And then when Mr. Yushchenko finally gets in power and he tramples on their rights, and he beats up their children in Maidan Square. They all stand up and he flees to Moscow. Why haven't you made Mr. Biden flee to Beijing? Yeah. They're more corrupt than you? It's a good point. It's a good point. It's a very yeah. good point. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, hey Jeff uh, hold it down for a minute. Tell everybody where they can find you. I got to use the restroom. All right. Well, uh, my uh, my website is jrnyquist, J-R-N-Y-Q-U-I-S-T dot blog. There you'll find my essays and you can connect with my books. I have books. The Fool and His Enemy uh, is uh, available on Amazon. 
And also my latest book is, if I could see it here, The Lies We Believe In. This just came out on Amazon as well. And so, you know, I would encourage people to go there. And uh, there's also a chat on my website where people can go in, put their two cents worth as long as they're polite and they don't break my rules, but they break my rules all the time. So I do delete people and they think it's so unfair, but it's like, um, uh, so I, uh, I, uh, people have to observe good manners if they go there. So, um, uh, and then what else? Uh, yeah, there's, um, while he's away, um, I would say that um, I don't like doing commercials <laughs> for my stuff. Um, and uh, but um, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I hope he comes back soon. <laughs> it's easier to have a conversation than it is to think up things in your own mind, and go along with it, but. Um, uh, there's also a book. I'll show you my old book. Now, I don't sell it that often. I do have a couple hundred here in my basement. Uh, the Origins of the Fourth World War. It goes for a lot of money on Amazon. And so in order for people to order this book, my PayPal account is jrnyquist at aol.com. And if you send me $25, Origins of the Fourth World War, I wrote this book. I started writing this book in 87. And so uh, when I knew that the Soviet Union was going to collapse and I explained that and what's going to happen and I explained how we were going to get to the place we are now on the Virgin Nuclear War in this book. And it was published, first published in 98. This is the second edition, the 99 edition. And I can uh, mail that to you. Um, and I know uh, some people will be interested. It's more like a workbook, Origins of the Fourth World War. It's where I worked out a lot of the ideas um, it was sort of my first schooling and it was like, it was a thousand pages, but I edited out everything I thought wasn't important as important. And I was left with almost 300 pages. So if people want to know how I got through this process and, and where I sort of started, how I started there and ended up where I am now, that's the book to get. And, um, and I, I do encourage people to read history and if they're ready for it, to read philosophy and that in, in terms of politics, which we're talking about, you cannot fight the new religion, which is based on this philosophy of despair and negation, unless you have some understanding, unless you have some spiritual grounding to fight it. Otherwise, you're going to end up fighting for the other side, for destruction. So, uh, and I think I heard him pass through a door. There he is. All right. All right. I hope that's, how do you spell relief? Relief? I don't know. But uh... <laughs> Uh, I also that was an awfully long commercial. I just don't. Well, like you know, you, you you did fantastic. That was probably about three times as long as one. I really had to go, but two. I also <laughs> I also took the the I had my uh my comforter and the washer. I just threw it in the dryer. I'm uh, surprised you're able to keep it down. Most people, some people freeze up immediately and they just stare. Some people will. Some people last a good ten seconds before they start to choke. Some people go for a minute. I'm always impressed though when I come back oh. and the person's still talking. I, I'm like, I I choked in the middle uh, of it and said I don't know what to say when he's gone. Out. I hope he comes back soon. <laughs> okay, well no, that's okay as long as you, hey, but that's introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, people People think that you you know you either choke or you don't choke. The reality is, is that... I'm always choking on this podcast. The key is to just start talking and then you find your way along the way. Even if the words yeah. are, I'm choking and I don't know what to talk about, just start making noise. Well, uh, dialogue, uh, you know, dialectics, if you if you go back, I, I like reading uh, Socratic dialogues. And Socrates is one of my favorite people in history because Socrates was a guy who said um, he, he liked asking questions. He liked talking to people and finding out the truth. One of his friends went to the Delphic Oracle and said, is Socrates the wisest man in Greece? You know, because he, he evidently thought a lot about Socrates. And the oracle said, yes, Socrates is the wisest man in Greece. And he went running back and he said, Socrates, the Delphic oracle says, you're the wisest man in Greece. And Socrates thought for a minute, he goes, I don't know anything. How can I be the wisest man in Greece? And he thought about it, thought about it. And he said, no, there's got to be somebody wiser than me. So I'm going to question people. I'm going to find all these people say they know stuff. So he started questioning people. And he thought, well, the, the god, Apollo, of the Delphic Oracle was just sort of like prompting him to go on this journey. So he saw it his, his, his divinely ordained mission to go and ask people, you know, well, what is the truth and what do you know? And the more he questioned people, the more he found out that what they knew was hollow. They thought they knew things and they didn't. The experts, you know, it's like like this little book I got. I've got it around here somewhere. It's called Who Knows? And it says uh, there are experts who say they know, you know. And, we, you know, we live in this tiny planet, this vast universe. We don't know where we came from or where we're going. But the experts say they know. And But today's experts are tomorrow's assholes. You know, mm -hmm. well, Socrates is the guy that really made today's experts look like assholes and they hated him and mm -hmm. ended up drinking the hemlock but so socrates basically said okay now i know why the delphic oracle said i'm the wisest man in greece i don't know any more than these people except i know i don't I know, know that i don't know yeah. right that was the socratic so they developed the socratic method which is questioning and trying to figure things out very like you say in these minute baby steps and a lot of these socratic dialogues they end with wow it was interesting but we don't finally know yeah yeah and it is that to me is just like the oddest inversion right now is the com comedian and i would call him the philosopher but the comedian tim dillon i think is the funniest guy alive um 
he was like, you know, he's like, there's no, he's like, it's, it's bad to be angry at an answer, but he's like, it's also understandable. You know, you might not like it. He's like, it's a, uh, you know, he's like, you know, if like, for instance, me, like I'm five, nine and I'm white. Yeah. I mean, the truth is I'd be probably, if I wanted to play basketball, I'd be a lot better if I was six, six and black. That's the truth. You don't have to like it. It's definitely, it's and uh, you know, and if I wanted to be a doctor, probably would have been better if I was Asian or raised in like a, like a Jewish household. I'd probably just, it's just what it is, but you know, I'm an Irish guy and who knows, maybe that's why, maybe if I wasn't Irish, I'd be going, God, I wish I was Irish and had the gift of gab if I wanted to do a podcast. So, you know, I don't know, count my blessings. It's okay not liking an answer. Sometimes answers suck. You know, it's uh, when you look at like, uh, you know, your friend in college who gets laid the most and it's like, well, what's special about him? Nothing. He's six four. You're like that. Well, you know, hey, man, sometimes it just sucks, but whatever. But Tim Dillon goes, um, he goes, the real problem, he goes, which we're rapidly approaching. And he said this on a podcast in like 2019, which is prophetic. He goes, we're approaching a time where you're not allowed to answer. The, you're not allowed to ask the question. And he goes, this is this is scary. And he's like, and I hope this doesn't keep going. And of course, it did and turn into the pandemic. But this is so much bigger than just the pandemic. The, this very idea of of don't question. You're a conspiracy theorist. You're a you know, oh, you've got wacky conspiracy. No, what, what it really means is the conspiracy theorist, sure, you can take that and you can abuse that, but it's also you're a conspiracy theorist if you thought the world was round instead of flat. What it really is is that scary, uh sobering examination of new data, and you gotta build up a you got to build up a, a running theory. And you're like, I'm not sure what, I mean, the early cavemen, again, like the Amazon, so what, sometimes you eat a mushroom and you drop dead. Noted. Can't do that anymore. We just lost Bob. Sometimes you eat a mushroom and it sustains you. And you get, you know, and you're like, oh, that's a nutrient source. Sometimes you eat one and you convene with the gods. And it's like, noted. But it's painstakingly built up and you kind of, you got to look back at your methods and make notes and go, this is where we can go. And this is where we can't go. And over there is where the lions live. We shouldn't go there. Bob got eaten over there. But all of history, including where we are now, is a, we're always trying to move. It's very, no one, it doesn't matter if you know the science of something that's been worked out. Because you're not learning anything. That's why I used to never go to class. Well, one, because I was arrogant and thought I could teach myself better. But two, it was like, I hated going to class because I didn't feel like I was learning. People were like, what are you talking about? You go to class, you learn. I'm like, no, we're we're just, we're, you know, you go to you go to history or something and you're just memorizing terms. I'd be like, yeah, well, history is just memorization. But biology, we're learning. No, because you're still not learning anything. You have a textbook with all the answers that you can go check and make sure you're not learning. You're just you're doing a more complicated memorization. I'll give you that, but you're not learning. I used to love going home and just reading a page and then like making my own thesis at the end. And I would go through it and like to my like, uh, I guess, inflating and kissing of my own ego, I'd come up, I'd be like, all right, I just call it like Tommy's law or something. And I'd make it up and I'd be like, all right, this is what I think this happened. And then I get to the end of the chapter in organic chemistry and it'll be like, in conclusion, you should understand the three rules of aromatic rings. And I'd be like, Oh, fuck. I'll be like, I got those. And they're like, to me, that was just a confirmation that this is accurate because this is the thing I learned. And you read about the laws that were discovered in 1951. And you're like, that means the laws are real because I just concluded the same shit in my, in and my you, apartment. You own it because you got there on your own. Yeah. And it felt great. And then sometimes you get to it and you go, I didn't know that. And then that's where it does come into, you know, 
you what's the quote you should read so that you can come by easily what other men have struggled to learn that's definitely true but i always loved doing this on my own because i was learning how to learn it was a very meta thing and it was and i never knew what the value of it was because even then i'd be like okay i'm learning how to learn but this is a very circuitous route and if i want to go to medical school like maybe i should just learn and i never could have predicted that i would do the podcast but the podcast has been for me a masterclass in exhibiting my own tough learned tough one rules of learning how to learn because there's no one there's no podcast 101 college course there's no one that goes this is how you become successful you got to go you got to go okay so i guess i email people and then you know you a thousand emails of trial and error and you're like and then i guess we do this with a youtube channel and maybe i should have backup emails and the entire thing is a juggling act on a unicycle but it's learning so when people ask like well where did you learn to do the podcast I didn't except through a lifetime of learning how to learn. And it we're reaching this weird antithetical inversion, inverting point today of don't question it. The fact checkers, the fact checkers also said that there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. The fact checkers also said that the earth is flat. The fact checkers also said that the sun revolves around us at no point. The fact checkers laughs, last last lapped Joseph Lister out of the medical halls because he dared to say maybe we should clean the instruments in between surgeries. He was la- he came to the United States. And went, he was what? persecuted. He was he, he was horribly he, persecuted. He came to the United States and went on like a nation tour and was laughed out of every medical school because they were like because during a civil war they're like uh, everyone knows the best way to uh, get rid of something is if to get shot on the battlefield take some mud and plug the hole. He got laughed, and now it's Joseph Lister, the namesake of like Listerine, the antiseptic technique, germ theory. And again, it's fine because we're going through this learning process. Eventually, he was vindicated, and they were like, hey, dude, you were right. We were wrong. And that's fine as long as you're learning and making amends. But this weird thing of now, it's no, 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 no. The science has been settled. You shut your mouth. This It is. It's an inversion of it's not just destroying everything. It's also destroying the process of learning. Well, this gets us back to politics again, which is what I'm trying to get us to be back focused on. Uh, The, um, what you're talking about is the, uh, the totalitarian instinct, which remember comes from despair, comes from this, this, this uh, subliminal desire to destroy everything and to level everything. So, one of the things you have to level and destroy is truth because because you really don't like that because you don't believe it's that's part of your despair you despise it what you believe in it turns out the only thing you have to believe in when you despair is power and getting it for yourself because how do you become god since there is no god and there is no hope you have to get power be god within your own world now what's the efficient form of power political power and how can you tyrannize people with it? You say, I am telling you what is what, and you think I'm making up the truth as I go all along because I'm God and I'm going to make my own world and I make it true in my world. And I know there's no such thing as truth, but there is power and I have it. And now I'm going to make truth from power. 
See, this is the inversion, the inverted way, the backwards way of doing everything. And now I don't like the family. I don't like that women, that men are dominant as a sex. So I'm going to make women equal to men. And I'm going to make the lower classes equal to the higher classes. And so this is a, ni a, a sort of nihilism of differences. We're going to eliminate all differences from everything. And it's like, you do that, you're just destroying. It's another form of destruction because everything only exists as it is different from something else. You yeah. destroy every distinction, you destroy everything. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's just another way of destruction. It's another way of inversion. And so then you have, you know, it's like, it's like the situation comedy where you've got the dad and he's the big doofus. The dad's the doofus. And the wife is smarter than the dad. She's always making the smart remarks that puts the dad down. And the kids are always putting the mom down and the dad down. And the dog is the smartest one in the family, right? It's a total inversion, right? And this is your modern situation comedy. Hmm. You know, the, the, the way they're going to portray the universe. And so they have to make the abnormal normal and the normal bad and, and abnormal, right? So it's, a, it's the inversion is everywhere. And it is the destruction in our minds, the confusion, the disorientation. And that's what we are. We're disoriented. And so when I talk about the fool and his enemy, it's one of the things we're told is there is no enemy, which is not true. To exist in the world is to have enemies, right? You have the friend-enemy distinction. So our friends are now enemies and our enemies are now friends. Just think about all the people that you know. They only listen to strangers. If you tell them something, they won't, they disbelieve you immediately. <laughs> it's yeah. an inversion of, you know, and it's everywhere. And it's so, <laughs> it's contagious. That is a brilliant point. You tell someone that you've known for 20 years, you've shown your true colors to, you've known each other since you had braces. You've known each other since before you guys had driver's license. And you know this person is is true blue. This is your buddy. They've been there through thick and thin. You've had your own fallouts before. Maybe you have you've gone a year without talking to each other, but you're always there for one another. You're at each other's weddings. You're always there for a breakup. And they know that they're your homie. They got you through thick and thin. But the second they disagree with you politically, you're like this jackass. And then the second the guy on the TV that comes on saying the thing I like, I'm like, well, there's a beacon of truth. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, no, it's it's and so we're in this. Uh, so when you look at the world, you're seeing um, the East is degenerating in its totalitarian mode, China, Russia. The West is degenerating in its pseudo democratic mode, a plutocratic mode, because as as uh, as has been stated by uh, 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 Michelle. Um, I can't remember his name. He wrote political parties. Uh, Robert Michels wrote political parties, and he said that democracy is just another way of organizing oligarchy. If you want a real democracy, pick your leaders randomly out of the phone book. Yeah, that's the only way you're going to have democracy. And uh, and then they you have to constantly change them out because as soon as they get the taste of power, they're corrupted. And now they're using it for the wrong reason. But but really, you know, Aristotle said democracy is the worst form of government. You want checks and balances. You want uh, mixed government. So, uh, but but we are degenerating here. And every single way, every single venue you see, there's degeneracy. And the, the falling of the birth rate, both in the East and the West, is a common people aren't having children 
their people are dying out. Now that's a sign that you're doing everything wrong. Yeah. Right. And inversion is destruction and destruction isn't fecundity. It isn't reproduction, recreation. It isn't. And nowhere in the animal kingdom do you look at the population that's decreasing its share of life form and go, that one's succeeding. That's not, take evolutionary biology. You look at the plant that there's more of it every year. You look at the giraffe with the one with the longer neck eats more food and gets more women. So now the other giraffes have longer necks. Like that is, that is called fitness, capital F fitness. And it's only in humanity. Are we going like birth rates are dropping and that's a good thing. Like Mm -hmm. you, that, that, that's how you know it's an inversion is that weird little, it's almost like a, like a Trojan horse or like in genetics, you have like the codon and the exon. It's like the key at the beginning that lets you into the cell or do whatever. It's the proper handshake at the beginning of a deal. doesn't matter what you say after, so long as you have the handshake. That's that weird, it's the state uh, uh, rubber stamp. You always see it in titles. You can find it find it today, October 15th, 2022. You could probably go find an article written today about something absurd, but it's got that magic incantation. Here's why that's a good thing. Experts agree. It can be horrible. We're finding liquid polonium in infants' retinas. Here's why that's fighting white supremacy. And you go, oh, well, God bless. We've got polonium in, and I don't know, I've just made that up, but like even little things like there could be a small nuclear exchange. Here's why that's a Biden win. And it's like, what the, huh? What? And I don't even need to be a, I don't even need to be making it political. Call it Trump, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But there is just, you see just, an absolute horror being brought up in front of you. It's, it's like a severed head that's like rotting. He, there's now forms of necrotizing fasciitis in puppies. Here's why that shows society's moving forward. And then you just get the little, you get the little cherry on top, and you go, "It's good. It's the ominous dominus." And it's here's why birth rates are decreasing, and our in our species is living less. When we have more genetic mutations than ever. Science wins, and it's this weird. It's the devil handing you putting your hand out and putting a flaming hot coal in your hand and as the skin's burning it's going now isn't that a nice cooling sensation and you're going i guess it is it is because that's the only way you can make it work because truth doesn't need that truth doesn't need to win you over it just no one ever goes objects fall towards the earth at 9.81 meters it just is it doesn't need to be written anywhere you just yep there it is that's it you don't need to no one needs to explain it no, and in fact, when we come up with explanations, they're mostly metaphorical. Yeah, like everything I just did. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you say the law of gravity, right? This is yeah. gonna—I'm gonna drop this. It's gonna fall. You call it the law of gravity. So then, if it doesn't fall, it breaks the law, and the gravity police come and arrest it. <laughs> exactly. It's a metaphor. It's just perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfectly. Yeah. It's just it's a metaphor, and in fact, most language is metaphorical. This is what people don't understand. All the literalists. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You have political literalism. And so you, you, they don't, deeper understanding, look, uh, like going back to this, we're spiritual, everything's mind. So if everything's mind, and this is where you get into, all right, what does all these um, um, very weird coincidences mean? Yeah. It, when you dream, you have a sim- symbolic references in your dreams. You have symbolic dreams. Why do you dream in symbols? Why do you dream in metaphors? You know, and you, you when you think about it, you go, you wake up and you kind of know what the dream meant. You go, wow, that was all symbolic. This is yeah. where people get that stuff from. And like, if you meditate, you can, you have this and it's like, but there's actual waking dreaming yeah, where there's metaphor. It's like, so in a way, something like World War II could be viewed very metaphorically. Yeah. Uh, Someone who I think you might love is Duncan Trussell. He's a comedian. I don't know, 40s, 50s, whatever. Um, Funny guy. Very, like, very spiritual, hippy-dippy. But, I mean, really has some brilliant takes. I love I first heard him on Joe Rogan, like, 10 years ago. I think he has his own podcast. I don't know. Look him up. Duncan, T-R-U-S-S-E-L-L. But one thing he talked about was, uh, this is back in, like, 2012. And he's like, is the state of geopolitics just representative of your own uh finite mortal biological life where we look back and we go oh things seem better when you were a kid well it's because you were a kid and you know you know you didn't understand what the world was and you're looking at it through rose-colored glasses and as you get older and it's like well you know things are bad you know russia's or whatever china or you know mexico is he goes, but what if this really is symbolic of the dream? Early on, it's all simple. You know, it's the mother's bosom. It's the family. It's Christmas. It's all warm and loving and naps. And as the dream goes on and the dream decays, you start noticing that you, we call it getting older and realizing the world is fragile. But it's like you start to become aware of food chain or uh, food supply and clean water and bacterial growth. And is society stable? And is there an overreaching government? And is there nuclear war? What about asteroids? In reality, it's just, it's a waking dream. It's the dream collapsing as it's becoming less and less stable. And that in itself isn't bad. And it's because you are the Godhead and you are experiencing this life as just another one of a trillion lives. And so don't, don't again, it's don't despair. It, this is, we don't, you don't go to the fall and go, oh my God, all the trees are dying. No, you just go, yeah, it's the fall. Look at the leaves because you know, it's coming back. 
it's coming back. It's seasonal. Uh, it's uh, cyclical. Cyclical. And cyclical time is traditional time. And the idea that um, that there is this doom, you know, uh, the, Eric Bergelin, he quotes St. Augustine in saying that, you know, Augustine was living when Rome fell to the barbarians in what was it, 411 AD. And uh, he said, no, no, it's not what St. John talked about in the apocalypse. That's that's not you can't understand it that way. You got all these people waiting for Jesus to come back in the world to end and the seven plagues from the book of Revelation to occur. And the thing is, nobody understands what those things mean. They have a deep spiritual meaning. But there's not literally going to be blood yes. up to the horse bridles. There's not a sword doesn't literally come out of Christ's mouth. Right. The sort of well, truth. Set, and literally this is the right. And the, and the new Jerusalem doesn't literally float down from the sky. Made out you know? of jewels and whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so what does it mean? Six, 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 the number of a man is the number of, right. What we don't, uh, this is, these are very difficult things, which it takes spiritual wisdom, which almost nobody has because they all want to literalize it. They want to make it concrete. And it's the same thing. They're doing the same thing by doing that that Karl Marx is doing by saying it's all material. There's no spirituality. It's epiphenomenal. No, the spirit is a number one. The physical reality is epiphenomenal. So that's what you have to get. And, and so we're all going to die and it's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's the end of a world you were living in. It was the end of your life, but it's not the end of you. And this is very hard for people in this atheist world to, to, oh, I despair. It's the end. There's nothing. It's all absurd. No, you're not going to, that's going to, that just doesn't have any meaning. Look at nature. Like you say, look at the leaves. It's just beautiful out there right now. Yeah. It's gorgeous out it's, there. It's, it's the best time of the, everyone, what, oh, it's the fall. It's we a celebration. It is. Nature's we, celebrating. Yeah, we don't we don't look around and go, oh God, it's genocide. We go, it's the what's the the most wonderful time is when everything's frozen and dead. Right. So what do we and do? We cheer. It's Christmas. We like, cheer. It's 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 Christmas because it's the solstice. The, the sun is coming back. Yes. The light of the world is returning. We see that. We go to bed every night, knowing that we are about to cry. For, except for the few times where you have a lucid dream and know you're dreaming. Every night you lay down and you're about to cross the threshold into a new universe where you know your memory is going to be vanquished. You're going to think it's real and it could very well be a nightmare or a good dream. But we don't freak out. We just go, yeah, I'm going to bed. Every once in a while, I'll overthink it. I'll be like, I wonder if I'm going to have a bad dream tonight. And I'll be like, dad, shut up. Just go to sleep. And sometimes you have a bad dream, but you always wake up. We do these weird things that are so absurd. Yeah, again, even the fall, everything's dead. Every animal is scurrying. They're fleeing. You know, forget about like migrant caravans. Every living creature is heading south. They are. I mean, in a snapshot, you'd go, it's the end of the world. We don't my little blink. black my little black squirrel out here that lives in the woods, because I, I live in the woods here. This little black squirrel, he puffs out. He got this yeah. fur that's like makes him look three times his size. Yeah. Because he's getting ready for that cold, and that northern of, Michigan cold that's going to come and grab and him. None, none of us, call, but we don't call it the end of the world. Despite every sense we have, it's quiet. There's a snow on the ground. You can, you know, crisp night air. You see it's freezing. You can't go outside. It's, you'll actually die if you stay outside for too long. There's no warm sun. 
the 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 like rivers and lakes like these these just jostling bustling symptoms of life become frozen like the innermost circle of dante's hell but none of us bat an eye we go oh it's a cold one you know merry christmas and a happy new year's we don't think and then during the spring we don't all go it's all finally fixed it's all finally good we go oh fucking pollen we go oh summer's here Got some shorts on, you know, I'm sleeping with a fan on tonight. Some we just despite every part of our sense telling us that things are now irreversibly changed, we just take it in step and go, no, it's part of the dance. But then out of the height of all ego, when somebody you love gets old, you go, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. And it's like. What? Even on TV, we have our we have our we have our seasons of TV. We have March Madness and NCAA basketball, and then we have you know the October Classic, the World Series, and in the middle of the winter and it's cold. You have the Super Bowl. You have all these cycles, but like when but it the, comes, but the big cycle is own. when civilization oh. has reached its peak, and then it takes a downward crash, right? Oh. Like the fall of Rome. Oh. Or like maybe what we're about to experience, and it 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 happens, it happens. What goes up must come down. You said it earlier. Yeah, that is one of the the laws. We've gone up. Now we got to come down. Vilfredo Pareto, the the famous Italian sociologist, he wrote a the uh, the mind and society. This three volume work. Uh, it was his it, political his interpretation of political sociology, and he said he said take a Roman penny. Four percent interest, and and he's writing around nineteen fifteen or so. What is it worth now, after almost two thousand years? A Roman penny at the time of Christ, almost two thousand years later. What is it? It is more in gold if you took them your money in gold than several times the weight of the Earth. Right? Please, as Einstein said, the miracle of compound interest. Yeah. So, so why? isn't this wealth exist because he said that there are periods of growth and punctuated by periods of spoliation, the fall of Rome, the dark ages, the rebuilding more, a terrible war of destruction. Right. And so in this winter of our discontent, this political winter of our discontent with nihilism on the rise and this religion of destruction, these are all signs of the season. The leaves are changing uh, now, you see. The trees, uh, but it isn't permanent death. It what? means there's a renewal on the other side, but we have to pass through this destruction. And this destruction is occurring within the soul. Why? God has allowed it. He's enabled it. It's providential. It's just what has to happen. Because there's there's things that are wrong that have to be fixed and mm. it's cyclical and it goes to this point of beauty and it goes beyond that it's not going to be good so it goes back into fall and winter and it starts again mm. and you have these seasons in the larger history as yeah. well yeah and and the, and they're not entirely they don't entirely reach like you know when i look at my podcast and i graph it i i I manually enter like 50 or 60 data points a day. And I have every day since December 12th, 2019, when I started the podcast, so I've got close to a thousand, just different platforms, view time, 
uh, audience retention during whatever. It's all these little different markers I measure it by. And it's interesting because that's how you also tell when a platform starts censoring is because all the others will be obeying the same laws and then one will be way off and you're like, and that one's screwed. But the one thing I have noticed is like, if you just, if you focus on like a week or two at a time, you'll go through just drastic euphoric highs and despairing like the podcast is growing and then you're like oh no no one's watching anymore versus like when you just step back and just glance at it i don't even look at the graphs anymore i just write the numbers but i don't even look at the graph maybe once a year i'll do it and i'll just look at it and if you zoom in yeah it's a yay oh no yay oh no yay oh no but versus you just zoom out and look at it 500 days at a time it's this but it's still going in one direction. So the mini, it's not even like it's up, down, up, down. And then I'm at the same point as I was when I began. Well, that would be the definition of insanity. It's like an ascending staircase. Yes. Very slowly and meticulously with a lot of like building muscle. You go and work out every day. If you could see your muscle fibers on a molecular level, after a workout, you'd be like, you need to go to the hospital. Everything's torn. Your tissue's tearing. Right. And it's, it's breaking healing. apart. Yeah, you got to go through no, the healing. Yeah, no, but you're growing. You make sure you eat some protein, take some protein powder, drink some milk, eat some eggs, and make sure you sleep eight hours and stay hydrated. And the next morning, it's, oh, I'm a little stronger now. But it's there is a hellish process. You ever see like a skyscraper being built? When it's being built, there's just trash all over the construction site. You just got fat guys with their ass crack show and they're all smoking cigarettes and it's loud and there's cement and there's tarp and there's and then they finish it and they put up the facade and all the glass and all the wiring and the interior and then they sweep it all up and power wash it. And then you have the ribbon cutting ceremony. It's chef's kiss. It's beautiful. But there is a moment where it looks like it's just done for. I hadn't thought about that. It's it does feel like we're in a, the West is falling or even society is falling. Mm-hmm. And it I've does. been, I've been guilty despite everything I've been saying, this podcast, I, how ironic that despite all of that, in my mind, I'm still like America's falling. It probably is. If you zoom out over 10,000 years, you'll be like, yeah, you know, we don't, do we look back in despair about Rome or ancient Egypt? No, it's just another stepping stone to go from, you know, living in the field to having iPhones. It's, it was necessary. Yeah, we're at, you have a lull in the space program, and now you have Elon Musk trying to get us to Mars. Oh, cool. All right, but for a while, it looked like the space program is dead. In a thousand years, you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, no, America came and went. Is it the end of the world? Oh, no, no, we got whatever after that. I don't even know what it would be, but there's going to be something else where you go, yeah, America was cool, but dude, this new thing, it's the best. And then that new thing will eventually come apart and something else will birth from it. There's a process of decay and a process of growth that uh, recurs. In, and it's in politics, it's in history, it's in empires and countries and nations. Um, and uh, there's a, it would have to be, you know, people say, oh, Nyquist, you're such a pessimist. You think everything is going to be destroyed. No, actually, I think that we're going through a, sort of a creative destruction. And the, the 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 real problem I see are those people that are um, uh, truly negative, truly on the destructive side, and they don't see where their ideas or lack of ideas is going to take everything. 
Yeah. They have to, you have to step out of yourself and you have to not, you can't be that Colombian Marxist. Who's going to remember, remember me in a hundred years. And I care about the poor and the widows and the cripples and the people of color. And it's like, no, you don't. You care about yourself. That's a very important point because if you zoom out and look at it and go, America will come down one day. It will. I don't Clearly I like this place. But in a thousand years, there will be something even better. There'll be something else. And it might not be better in a thousand years. Remember, it'll be different. It'll be different. different. It'll be different. But just like we're different than Rome, I'm a little bit optimistic. I'll say that it might take a little while. Maybe the one in a thousand years won't be better. Eventually, we'll get a better one. It's just that's what we do. Well, but what remains and things are better the same thing is better at different times and worse at different times. Sure. America I'm, is not always the best America. This, oh, beautifully said. This might not yeah. be the ideal thing for a multiplanetary species. I'm open well, to that. I don't it know. Is not, and it's not going to be. I mean, look, you can't. And then, then going back to power, there, there's a point about power I wanted to make when sure. we were talking about power. But all these people who are trying to tell you what to think or to say or try to get use government to be God is that power drives out love and it drives out creativity Hmm. wherever you have power where the the focus is on power that you don't there's not love there's not creativity there's not truth right it drives out the truth all these positive values power drives out and yet there has to be somebody trusted with power because we need the state to defend us but it has to be organic and it has to be connected to these other positive things. Mm. And that once it is disconnected, once political power is disconnected from truth and beauty and goodness and love, it is now a destroyer, Mm. which is what we've got going on here more and more. And why, you know, read Edmund Burke, you know, read Thucydides to see where it goes when it goes really bad. You know, when you when you when you're really when the Athenians thought, oh, man, we're the power. We can be the hegemony. We can make all other states bow to us. You know, they're all they'll all be our clients. And the Spartans saying, uh, no, don't think so. Don't think you should. Do you have the right to do that? So and and the thing is, is when people say, oh, we're going to make everybody equal and free, you know, like the John Lennon song, which is really very evil. You know, imagine there's no people. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't. No, they don't no. have a country, and they don't have God. They don't have. It's. But you Sound, see the thing. So, it sounds like the bland vanilliness of purgatory. It's like, it's communism. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's communism. It's hey he hey he, I'll I'll respect him. He he could really belt it out during Twist and Shout. There's some good in there, but yeah, no, that was a, that was a dirty commie song. And he he later, kind of. Oh yeah, 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 he yeah he. He moved away from that. Yeah. Um, And and so and the thing is, is that, you know, he was becoming anti-communist. He was starting to evolve. And so it's like later on, someone asked him about it and he goes, that's just a song. Right. And and here's the thing. Uh, A guy evolves away from this lie that he he absorbed himself through the through the larger socialist religion that was emerging. And he evolves away from it. And as soon as he's evolved away from it, he has this culture power. He dies. He's assassinated. Somebody guns him down. There's another case of it. Yeah, there is. And and Audie Murphy, if you remember who he was. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. No. Adi Murphy was a Congressional Medal of Honor winner. Usually they're dead because they've done something so heroic so they die. Yeah. Adi Murphy won the Congressional Medal of Honor. He went from a private to being a lieutenant. And then they made him a movie star. He's kind of a, a shorter guy, but very charismatic, extremely courageous. I mean, he single-handedly won this battle, right? You know, just running through the Nazi machine guns, throwing grenades, taking prisoners. And uh, uh, a friend of mine uh, had a, a, a relative that was in Murphy's unit. And he said, that was just crazy what he did. We just <laughs> sat or sat there cowering and he did everything. Yeah. You know, um, and so, but Adi Murphy in before his death, he got to realize, wait a minute, this communism thing is really dangerous. Somebody, we got to have a movement to alert people that this is really infiltrating our country. And he had the ability. And so all of a sudden what happens, he's getting ready to do this. He dies in a plane crash. Hmm. Don't know. And you have a lot of things like that, but um, the 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 reality is is that um, the new religion is really sort of the enemy of mankind. It's a destroyer. You look at China taking people's organs from living people and selling them on a market. You know, I mean, if that isn't kind of evil, if that isn't some demonic. Demonic. I mean, holding at, removing your organs and selling them. An innocent person. Oh, yeah. well, we're taking you now. We're giving, we're ripping your kidneys out to sell on the uh, the market there because kidneys, you know, what is a kidney worth? You know, a hundred grand. Yeah. You know, you sell your organs, you can make a lot of money. And so they, that's a system. And they have the Lao guy, you know, you, you've heard of Harry Wu. Harry mm -hmm. Wu was in the Lao guy for 19 years. I interviewed him. Oh, really? One of the most amazing people I ever interviewed because you realize the power of that person. He was literally the, had the strongest spirit and will of anyone I've ever spoken to. And when you speak to him, there's this, there's this firmness, there's this certainty. I, and one example is I asked him, I said, what do you think of the leaders in Beijing? Murderers, one word, murderers. She's like, well, what do you think about doing business with them? you're now an accessory after the fact, Jeez. you know, it's like, wow, that's pretty hard. Yep. Yeah. I mean, again, it's that after you've taken every science class at UGA and you're like, what's the thesis? You're like every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. What about galaxies or same shit? Mm -hmm. You kind of do after enough of it, you start to boil the thesis down and you're like, this is just what it is. Yeah, I, I had a reader that really went after me on the comment section a couple weeks back. 
And he said, I love when you do strategic analysis, you know, when you analyze the war and you analyze the politics, but now you're talking about morality and morality is subjective. How can you do that? You're violating, you know, you're doing, it's like, I said, man, morality is a subjective. You mean you don't believe in objective morality? That's moral nihilism. You've misunderstood me. I've never been a moral nihilist. Everything has to be connected up. And these, the thing is, is we, you, we, we were talking before about change, about the seasons, about everything changing all the time. But the truth and the, 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 the higher truth never changes. It's always the same, right? Like you, like the truth of this law, this law of reaction. Yeah. For every action, there's a reaction. This is an eternal truth. It doesn't change. The seasons change. That does not change. So the truth of morality that it's wrong to do certain things and it's yeah. a misstep and you are heading now in the wrong direction, that's always going to be true. In the Roman Empire, in the Persian Empire, in the United States, in China, it's always going to be true to take some innocent person and rip their organs and there is going to be a reaction. And what's interesting about spiritual truth is in this material world is that when you have violated a basic spiritual reality, an underlying spiritual reality of something being wrong, you don't get punished immediately. The universe or God takes his time punishing you, and it is a drawn out process. And again, takes us right back to Greek tragedy. It's going to be something really horrific. And vice versa. When you do, when you put good out into the world, yes, you don't get it. I remember I used to be upset because in like college, I'd take like 20 bucks and go buy some ramen noodle and bring it to the homeless shelter. And I did what I thought was right. And is don't tell anyone you're doing it. Don't pat yourself on the back. I remember doing it for like years. And then like I lost my older brother to suicide. And I was like, the fuck was that? But like now I look at like good deeds and I look at like the just the random organic help I get on this podcast or just like I want to move home closer to family my family's in New England and I couldn't find any apartment everywhere I call they're like dude there's not a single apartment and then what are you doing and I just finally just called I was like why don't I just try to find like the coolest apartment I can like if if my chances are zero why not try to get the best one and I called and they're like actually Mr. Kerrigan they're like you know like what a quint like we have an opening and I just little tiny thing people helping with the podcast they're like hey by the way like my brother-in-law is actually like friends with this guy who can get you and it's like a guess that like i should not i have no you know i have no business having on it's someone way out of my reach mm. and i've just found little things where i'm just like doing the bad thing universe takes its time and it sharpens the knife just perfectly and it waits till it can get you and i've also found about, the good is true though right it, well think about the relationship between faith and good deeds yeah now th imagine a world in which everybody despaired and no one would do a good deed out of some kind of cynicism. Yeah, no good deed goes unpunished. Right. They don't nobody's going to do anything and it's like why would I do that? And it's like and then you think about that for a minute and you think that not doing good deeds and uh despair go together. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going a go, doing a good deed, and then think about it. So somebody once asked me, "Well, why are you saying these truths, and nobody else will say them, and you're really getting punished? You know, you lost your job at the university, and you lost, uh, you lost a career in in journalism, whatever. You lost all these things. Why do you keep doing it? It's because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And in the long run, 
it's the only thing to do. And it, yeah. it's not that I'm going to be rewarded immediately. Yeah. Don't reward. And it's, it's like, it's my faith. It's like somebody said to me, it's like, you know, you really shouldn't do that. You should be looking out for yourself. And, and the reality is, is if nobody did this, then you have an occasion to lose faith, right? Yes. Because you're doing an act of faith, even though you know that you're going to, in some sense, be crucified. But then on the other side of crucifixion is resurrection. Yeah. The spirit comes back. It's not, they can, whatever they do to you, it's, it's, it's not yeah. going to ever stop the truth. And it, or the it, good thing, the good is still there. Uh, I've had on Dr. Keith, and and by the way, I get, we we have to wrap this one up in like ten minutes because I have to take a phone oh, call. Unfortunately, I, I, I have to go in ten minutes too. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I was gonna say, and then we're we're definitely gonna schedule a third one. I'm gonna read your book, or we can just wing it like this again. But let's let's use the last ten minutes. Um, I've had on Dr. Keith Rose, a former CIA paramilitary, got blown up in Iraq by an IED, came back, got his MD. Now he's a plastic surgeon. It's brilliant guy. You know, good God for any American. I remember him saying to me about like getting banned from YouTube. He's like, do the right thing. He goes, understand that sacrifice isn't transactional. Right. Not immediately transactional. He goes, right. you might, there are a lot of soldiers that went and fought in world war two and they beat the Nazis. There are a lot of soldiers who also on D-Day, the door opened and they got a bolt to the head. They didn't see the fall of the Nazi empire. That doesn't mean that the empire didn't eventually fall, but he goes, just understand that. And once you come to peace with that, if you're rooting in God, you go, Oh, yeah, I don't really care. Sure, it'd be nice to be proven right, but you go, ultimately, maybe I do a good deed and it comes back in this lifetime with a cool car or a hot girlfriend. But ultimately, you're like, that's not. But then I always look at it as like one step further of like doing the right. There's something even cooler about doing the right thing, knowing you're not going to get anything in return. Because it's like, logically, you look at it and you go, so the whole world's fucked. It's just a dark nihilist hellscape. And right. you're paying it forward. Why? And it's almost like just spitting in the face of the universe. You go, because I'm going to do the right thing. You're not even going to get anything back from it. Yeah, I don't care. I'm going to do the right thing. What? And to me, like, that is the whole, like, you know, Old Testament, be the light that the darkness fears. You know, drive out the darkness with a candle. Don't, you're not getting anything from it. And you just go, yeah, but it is kind of, there. there is kind of badass to look at the world and go, it's all so screwed. I'm going to do the right thing anyway. Why? I don't know if anything is just to upset you. There is some beauty in just doing the right thing for no other reason than just like two, two middle fingers up, just invert their own logic, which itself is inverted. Well, and there is the sort of the ethic of the soldier. It's like, you know, they use this, you know, onward Christian soldiers as a song. And, and if you use it as a metaphor or as a metaphor, you're a soldier. And what does a soldier do? He makes sacrifices and he suffers for the ultimate victory that ultimate victory is spiritual so yeah. what is it what on earth does it have to do with, there will be fruits on the earth there will be earthly fruits but it's ultimately spiritual yeah so that don't war. don't fret don't don't, don't fret and now that doesn't mean that it's not going to be scary and i think it was uh right. who was it dr urso i had on him and he was talking about like suppression of early treatment and how it's evil and he was like, do the right thing. He's like, even if he's like, because ultimately we just die. And he goes, now that doesn't mean that you might not have a moment of weakness. He goes, look, if I get, you know, rounded up by the Gestapo and tortured, trust me, I'll be screaming. <laughs> he's like, you know, mm -hmm. don't, sure. you, don't, you know, you don't have to put on a false mask. Like, yeah, it, it's scary. It can be scary. You know, no one, no one goes into it and goes like, I'll make the sacrifice with a steady hand. No, you're shitting your pants. 
but ultimately you're rooted in something deeper where you're like, I know. And, and that's one thing meditation's helped me with. That's one thing prayers helped me with is because it's not based on like a hunch. It's not passed down through oral tradition. It's not like a verse I read. It's my own experience through meditation and prayer of, of extricating yourself from this reality and of seeing something else that is just, it's pure love and it's pure wisdom and it's pure peace that when you come back to this place, you know, from firsthand, I, you know, the reason why we go into the winter and don't freak out isn't because I trust that, you know, my buddy told me that the sun comes back in March. I've seen it. I've seen it 32 times. I'm probably going to see it a 33rd, right? That's how I look at it from my own direct experience with prayer and with meditation is like, yeah, I've seen it. There's something far beyond this world. And this really is, this world is as real and as scary as an organic chemistry class and as stressful, but also as fleeting and ephemeral and ultimately symbolic. We, we are meant to be here. There's a reason that we're here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we need to honor and respect that. And so uh, when if there are these uh, cults or religions and it's all about escape, we just want to, you know, let's all cult, you know, let's make a circle and all kill ourselves yeah. and leave the world. Um, no, we're we're here for a reason and we need to be here and we need to play this out because this is where we really learn the lessons. This is where we really get a chance to do it, because once we're in that other place like you say we're in that place of love you know and um you know there's there's a very interesting um there's a guy who had a near-death experience now they've studied a lot because he reached this point in his near-death experience where he went to god mm -hmm. and he saw god was connected to all these other souls so there's all these souls connected to god and he goes in there and you experience God, you experience this bliss and you experience this. It's like a um, the omniscience of God. You you experience it and you share in that. God gives you that. That's You're close to God then and you, when you go to this. and um, But it's it's okay, you're there. But here is where you do the, the thing. Yes. This is where you can live it. Yes. Right? Without the benefit of that direct thing god is like all right prove your faith it's like job right yeah it's very as uh dale comstock i've had him on here before he's the youngest ever member of delta force he's like delta force is hardcore he was in delta force in the cold war i mean that is talk about tip of the spear but he he went on after that to join the cia special activities division which is black ops right it's not even under the dod it's under title 50 it was formed under eisenhower it's doesn't it officially never happens He's like, they're Delta the people that get all the screwed up orders. Yeah, 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 yeah. The hard stuff comes to them. Dale goes, Delta Force, you know, it's badass, unlimited budget, whatever you want, $100,000 scope on your gun, and no questions asked. You want to go take a course in some weird esoteric knife training, they'll bring in the guy. What's his fee? A million a day? Whatever. You just get, you're, you're tier one. Tier one means you're always technically at war, which means you get unlimited congressional funding. He goes, it's great. You tip the spear. It's like being on the dream team, right? You're in the Olympics. And he goes, but you're also always part of a team and you have all of the resources. Not only do you have all of them, you are priority number one. When you are running an operation somewhere, there's always an aircraft carrier somewhere. Someone on the, on the aircraft carrier knows that 
there's a Delta team near, but it's compartmentalized. There's always a plane. There's always search and rescue. Your allies are always put on alert. It's all covert. It's all very quiet. But in case something ever goes south, he calls it big mill, big military. He goes, the hand of God will always come to rescue you. He goes, CIA, Special Activities Division, the allure is, they bring you in and they go, hey, you get caught. We're not coming to get you. And you know that. And some guys learn that and they go, it's not for me. And he goes, but some guys, these apex predators are like, give it to me. Because to them, what is your salt? What are you really worth? Can you go into this knowing there is no second chance? There is no two is one, one is none. No, 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 no. You get one. To them, it's the ultimate. You and I, we look at it, we go, that's terrifying. Then you have these alphas who are like, give it to me. But to me, I do look at that as sort of like, it, it's easier. It's easier for me when I go into these meditative experiences and you experience Christ, you go, oh, you come out and you go, let's do the right thing. No, the real balls come from when you haven't had an experience like that. I haven't had one of those beautiful experiences in years and it gets scary and you forget it. But to me, that's where the real growth is, is you don't even remember that there is like a blissful kingdom, but you're still doing the right thing. To well, me, that's, that's, that's real a, faith. That's yeah. That's, that's the real, real heart. That's the hardcore. That's anyone can do it when it's good. What's the quote? Any, uh, it's uh, anybody, everyone wants to be the second Patriot. It's the real faith is when it all looks like shit and you go, whatever, let's do the right thing anyway. Um, we got to wrap this one up. I'm going to send okay. you a link to an episode I did uh, the other day, a couple of days ago with Dr. Malone. It's only an hour. I think oh, he, I, think I love Dr. Malone. I think you'd, I've had him on here several times. The yeah. one he and I just did is I think the best one we've done. Uh, I'll send it to you. I think you'd really like it. I'll text you uh, at later tonight. Um, cause I got to take this call, but let's definitely set up another uh, episode. And, um, as always, I'll put all your links in the description. I'm going to grab your book. And uh, closing thoughts, Mr. Nyquist? Well, thank you, Tommy. This has been really interesting. And I'm, it's been a pleasure. I think we, we really did it right. I think I think, we, I think right. we did this. I think this was I'm, – I'm glad we scheduled this one. I, I, I feel like – I feel like we got a little more out of the system. But I'm also hungry for another one. So let's schedule another one. And, all righty. Uh, I think you and I sync up perfectly. We have some beautiful – we have some beautiful harmonies in there. Um. But thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. Don't despair, everybody. Be a badass. Don't despair. God yeah. bless. It's all going to be good. It's all seasons. It's all cyclical. Find love. Don't despair. Create. Do the work. Thank you, Mr. Much. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Nyquist. God bless everybody. God bless. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.